This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Cow Corner Podcast. With me, the dolly dropper, James Hurl, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Oldbury Cricket Club and Shropshire Cricket League. How do, man? Welcome to Cow Corner. So, welcome back to episode nine of the Cow Corner podcasts. Welcome back, Hurley. How you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I believe our last recording was had um, was a record breaker. Was indeed. More than 600 people tuning into episode 8 in the first week. I think the total went up to 627 at the moment. Yeah, 627 at the time. All time listeners, 3,699 in 14 different countries. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Very quickly, we're growing. You're not wrong there, Joss. It's uh, been absolutely fantastic. And we're really looking forward to delving into those reviews and feedback in this podcast from the last one. And People have been listening to the last one and then seems like quite a lot of people have been going back and listening to others, which has been fantastic. And um, yes, Joss, it seems that we are blessed with a full team tonight. Yes, we are. We are once again joined by our now regular co-host, I'd co-host, like to think. Yes, Jamie Martindale from Beacon and the man himself, Andy Harrison from Sentinel. Welcome back, back Drew. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, welcome back, Andy. Good to have you back. Now, just before we get onto the chats, this is what you can expect from tonight's podcast. Coming up on episode nine of the Cow Corner podcast, Jamie, Joss, and James head to Wem Cricket Club, where they chat to Harry Chandler and Ben Peel about their title-winning season and all things Wem, Shropshire, and the Birmingham League. 
James and Joss give their reaction to the latest news with the unveiling of next year's Premier Division and Division 1. We preview all the Shropshire Indoor Leagues. The Cow Corner Boys go up against WEMCC in this episode's quiz. All this, plus lots, lots more, in another bumper episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Okay, so before we get rock and roll with that, we'll just talk about the feedback we've had from the last episode. I know it was only a couple of weeks ago, but I've certainly had some. Mostly about how drunk we were. <laughs> Which isn't surprising, because we were. But um, It was a good night. It was a good, it was night, a good night, yes. It and, was a good night. I would like viewers to know that I do have a medical condition that makes me slur, <laughs> which is actually true. That is true. I do yes, get so worse. Why are you laughing, Andy? I do I get worse so with beer, obviously. But it's um, a very good listen. Yes. So if I'm saying at the start of the podcast, it's not through beer. It is by the end. Um, <laughs> I also had the um, transfer rumours section was apparently quite controversial. Oh, okay. Um, we, we're only going by what we've heard. None of it is facts, which is why we call it rumours. We certainly don't want to upset anyone and we don't want to influence anyone in where they're going or where they're going to play cricket next year. Mm. So I just want to set that record straight. Please don't be upset by us talking about rumours. Yeah. And uh, Jamie, have you had any feedback, buddy? Uh, no, I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Bradburn loves it, by the way. Friend of the podcast. Absolutely loves it. Friend of the podcast. He's told me to be a bit less harsh on him. Uh, we are, we are, we are buddies. He's but... modelled his haircut on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he? he sure has. Yeah, it's been really great, and it's good to see that we've got our usual regulars getting involved. You know, Ian Slater. Oh, oh the, yeah, had... so, yeah. Sorry, Ian Slater. Did, yeah, he did say to me actually indoor that uh, we were very drunk, and I, I couldn't really um, disagree. Shall we say? No, yeah. But that's the only feedback I've had actually. I yeah. think there's a common theme going through the feedback, but. Um, no, another Lee Pickford also said he looks forward to more drunken ramblings. Um, did he really? He did indeed. We actually had um, a few people who, well, including myself, who thought that the uh, chat with Alex Taylor from Wellington oh, fantastic interview was, was really good. So I've known Alex for a long time. He's a great lad. Mm. Really nice lad. Yeah, Charlie Reese, Stuart Black, Wellington Cricket Club, Andrew Swarbrick said it was fantastic and that a lot of clubs can learn from Wellington. He said that... Um, he said the fanta- the podcast is really fantastic as well. It's a lovely insight into Shropshire cricket. So yeah, thank you for that, Andrew. Definitely. Um, Jamie Dowley that. said it's an interesting listen, and then went to talk on more about uh, the league structure and how that's going to work. So if you want to know more about that, go and check that out in the comments. Uh, Henry Dawson said we should back T Twenty over the hundred. Uh, which was something that we talked about, which was quite Henry interesting. Henry Dawson, where's he living these days? New Zealand, New Zealand isn't he? Yeah. It's a blast from the past, hell. isn't it? Fair Henry play, Dawson. yeah. Um, and David Langton also had some really good things to say. And then we've had some other feedback about um, Team of the Year uh, from other people, which we've been tweeting about on Twitter. And yeah, we've had some fantastic feedback. We've had more people get in contact with us we've had more people following us on facebook and twitter and uh yeah like we said 627 plays as of now for episode eight which is a record 3699 all-time plays of all the episodes it's a fantastic and we've hit 14 countries and including that is like we've hit so many different places in the uk which is amazing and it's you know humbling and really good and hopefully we can carry on doing something that you enjoy and hopefully you carry on giving us the feedback because it's one, it's what keeps us going, but also helps us 
improve and move forward. But yeah, we're back with a... Just just some other feedback as well. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the women's view a bit later on, but um, I'd just like to point out it wasn't Ben Peel who mm. played in Wem seconds, it was Ben Parry. Yes. So Hurley, you made me lie several times in the last oh, podcast. Oh, I'm very sorry, but I, I think we have made many a mistake in the podcast and... We do apologise once I again. Dis- I did listen to that. We did. did. We mm, do. I'm we... pretty sure he didn't play in the team. <laughs> I wasn't here, so uh... we have um, we've made we've made a few errors now and again, and we are sorry if we do make a mistake. Uh, I think there was a Telford Muslims one one week which we made a big mistake on. We apologise for that. Nathan Whitt- Whittingham, I think it was, who said that because we, we claimed that a team used to be Telford Muslims cricket team, and it, they weren't, and. Um, we yeah, have, you know, we make, we make the odds one, but hopefully you can... Uh... Your podcast, yeah. <laughs> You started this, you got it all wrong, and we suffer. It's all scripted from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I apologise, it's me then, all right. Uh, but no, yeah, hopefully you forgive us then. Uh, yeah, some really interesting feedback. Uh, but the one thing I would like to ask, now we move on to our first little topic, is has anyone had any additional thoughts to... The end of season and the restructure since we recorded the last podcast because I know there's been quite a lot of people talking about it since our last pod it's really kind of got debate flowing what are our thoughts so far on what kind of we said last time I thought it was really uh, really good and very interesting to go through what's going to happen next season and mm. yeah I I mean I'm I'm with I think Joss was on about it saying uh, two down from each league Mm. Uh, but again, like you know, there's a couple of leagues where there's some very strong teams in it, and anything can happen. I, I guess it's in their hands, and the league will get it right. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Strengthen the league as long as the leagues are strengthened. That's there's no issue, surely. I think we're probably a little bit more open-minded about more promotions than relegations now, aren't we? Mm. I think from what Jamie Dowley almost corrected us, didn't he, on Twitter? Mm. I think it was that because of Wem's promotion, there will automatically be one more promotion from in every league, other division, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which we perhaps, I'm not sure we were perhaps 100% aware of when we mm. recorded the last podcast, but I think we're probably a little bit more open to more mm. promotions mm. Um, when, it, when it comes about in, in a couple still, of weeks. The leagues will still level out. Won't yeah, it? yeah. Give, it, give it a couple of seasons, the leagues will level mm. out, the teams will be where they should be, and uh, yeah, all the best to Wem in the league going up, because, uh, you know... Gives gives a bit more room in that league for a few teams to come up and mm. yeah and push themselves. On. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's really good for cricket. So since we actually recorded, we've had some news come out from the league and pretty big news, Joss. Yes indeed. So um Hurley and I have got together just to discuss the decisions made by the Shropshire Cricket League on the divisions, basically, the top two divisions, which is why we might sound more sober than uh, we did in the previous cut of the podcast. <laughs> Completely. We've only had one beer so far. And why you won't be able to hear Andy Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a pro for some of you. And uh, whilst Jamie is off on his way to Lincoln, tindering his way across the Pennines, uh, me and Joss are just back here in HQ with a couple of bottles of Pearl and Backer. Um, so, as Joss said, the league released the other night, uh, the Premier Division and Division 1. And... No surprises, really, in that Shelton, Shrewsbury Tooth and Frankton have gone up, Joss. Yes, indeed. Um, and well done to all three. They, they thoroughly deserve it. Um, obviously, the league had to make amendments because when... You've, we've heard all about when already on this podcast, well done, boys. Because they went up, they had to replace them. So it was, it was always going to be either two up and one down or 
three up and two down, really. And they've opted for three up, two down. St George's and Beaumere, obviously the great escape was completed by all Scott Weldon boys by one point, I believe. So um, St George's and Beaumere have gone. And um, as I say, Shelton, Shrewsbury seconds and Frankston first are up. So well done. Yeah, I, you know, I was talking to one of my friends who's from Shrewsbury and he actually said to me, were you surprised with Shrewsbury's emergence and kind of run to the top and their promotion and I said it was one of those really that kind of at the start of the season they didn't have the best of starts but then all of a sudden they just went on a huge run didn't they just I think um, these big clubs as well it depends on availability doesn't it if mm. you have the kids back from university perhaps you, mm. you can strengthen it has a knock-on effect all the way down yeah and they just they just went on a massive run and just and well ended up getting promoted and absolutely fantastic and well done to Frankton on Bouncing back at the first time of asking, really. Uh, a really fantastic season for them. And obviously, Shelton, you know, we've we've said quite a lot about how well they've done this season. And yeah, they'll be looking to do well. So, your Premier Division, Joss, talk us through it. What, who, so, who are the teams next year? Well, it's very easy to say this, but I do think Quatt and Weirfield are going to be there again. Sentinel, it depends how they, how they recruit. If they lose anyone, we don't know. There's rumours flying around, as we mentioned. Um, but, yeah, I think those three will be up there again. Um, interesting to see how Shelton gets on. You know, if, they, if they recruit like they did last winter, they, they, mm. could, they could challenge. You don't mm. know. Yeah. So, confirmed sides. We've got Quat, Werfield, Sentinel, Wellington, Newport, Witchert, Ludlow, Maidley, Allscott, Shelton... Shrewsbury second eleven and Frankton in well what looks like a really, really interesting league and it's definitely going to be, for me the main thing is going to be seeing how these promoted sides adapt and compete in the prem, having had such good seasons in Division One and kind of set you know, see it gives you an idea for how promoted teams are going to do in Division One and you've also got to think. What are the what about these prem sides? Having seen when go on their run, they're going to be seriously mm. buoyed, aren't they, Joss? And Shrews for second as well, because they were obviously in the Birmingham League a couple of seasons ago, mm. playing on very very good tracks. Last year they've had a few shockers. Mm. You know, I'll hold my hands up, nothing against Albury, but ours isn't the best track in the world. They'll be playing on good tracks again next year. You know, because mm. nearly all those grounds mm. have got very good tracks, mm. so that might help them. Yeah, uh, that'd be really interesting to see because, well, I think we mentioned it earlier, wasn't it, that in the Prem you had all the top wicket-takers were spinners um, and then in Division 1 they're all seamers, which kind of obviously alludes to potentially better tracks in the Prem. And so that moves us on to Division 1. And, yeah, so we'll start at the top and St George's and Bowmere are the sides to come down. And the sides still in the division are Shifnal second eleven, Newtown first, Bridgenall second eleven, Beacon first eleven, Albury first eleven, and Knocken and Kinnerley. And Ponsby first eleven. Can't forget those boys. Um so yeah, um thoughts on the teams left in there, first of all. Um I think St George's and Beaumere will be strong in that division. Mm. And I think if they're good enough to go back up, they will go back up. So Mm. You know, I think it'll be a long season for Alberbury again um, and obviously we're going to go on to the teams that have come up but I don't see an easy game there at all for mm. Alberbury The biggest thing that's jumping out to me is there's going to be a lot of travelling for Alberbury and yeah. sides in Division 1 next season I think Hazard's investing in a bus isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> a beer bus, that'd be fantastic 
As, um, yeah, so you got St. George's, that's a bit of a trek. Beaumont, not as big a trek, but still. Schiffnell, obviously, Newtown, not so far. Uh, but for the townies in this squad, that is a bit of a trek. Pontsbury again. Bridge North, that's a bit of a trek. Beacon just round the corner. Knocking just round the corner. Then we move on to our promoted three. So first first up, Wellington second 11 and Chirk, the two sides who we thought would be promoted. Fantastic, well done. And um, the surprise package, but someone who I tipped from the beginning at the start of the season, uh, Warfield's second 11 have gone up, which is absolutely fantastic considering that last season... They're in a they're in a division that contained Albury second eleven, Joss. Yeah, yeah. So I think the surprise that well, not surprised. Again, the league have gone for three up, two down, rather than two up, one down, which unfortunately means we've had to say goodbye to Kund. Um, I wish them the best of luck next year in Division Two. I hope they come straight back up. Mm. Um, not that I ever play on ones, but I do enjoy playing against Kund. Mm. Um, and realistically, if you finish second from bottom, I said it last time, you you should expect to go down really mm. um, but well done to Warfield and Chirk yeah. and Wellington yeah. yeah well when we say when we say it was a surprise we don't we know we mean as in it was quite interesting to see who would go up and down and maybe you know we weren't quite sure whether they'd go for two up one down considering the gap there was between Kunt and Helsmere and I have heard it was very close in the committee votes for which they went for two up, one down or three up, two down. But they've eventually gone for three up, two down. And yeah, congratulations to Warfield. And it's something, you know, that I'm, you know, someone who's backed them all season and kind of really championed. I'm, you know, quite happy for them and hopefully, you know, they'll have a good season. And yeah. Initial thoughts, Joss. Are you surprised by anything from the promotions or relegations in the league? Um, not surprised, no. Um, there's a few questions, I think they've been asked on social media, mm. um, about if, for example, if Wellington seconds or mm. Worfield seconds won Division 1, could they be promoted, bearing in mind that their firsts are in the Prem? Yeah, so, as you've mentioned it, it's quite... We have had some good feedback on Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp. And uh, John T. Mountford said, yeah, it's the correct decision. And well done, Frankton. He's obviously Schiffnell. Ted Bayliss, um, he said, if Shrewsbury second eleven won the Premier Division, would they go up? Um, which was quite an interesting question, actually. Um, They'd have to win the playoffs first, obviously, mm, if, they, if they're in them. Yeah, and Jamie Dowley said, no, they can't. So what would happen is, is whoever was second, given that they're obviously not a second eleven, um, would go into the playoffs. Um, this also means um, then the Shropshire Cricket League um, piped in and they said, this also means that Werfield's second eleven and Wellington's second eleven are currently as high as they can go. They can only go up further, provided their first 11 get promoted. So that's another quite interesting So what would happen thing. then if Wellington seconds won Division 1 mm. and Wellington first came bottom of the Prem? <sighs> now, you would, you would assume that what they would do is they would, they would relegate... Well, it, it, well, what's said here is... Uh, what Jamie Dowley said is that if Shrewsbury's first eleven are relegated, their twos would automatically be relegated too. So even if they won the prem, 
Well, I'm not quite sure. I'm, well, I'm really out. not quite sure. <laughs> but no, it would definitely be interesting. I wonder if they do something similar to what they did with Maidley, where I think it was Maidley in the Sunday divisions, where the fourth eleven actually got promoted but and their third eleven finished mid table. But what they ended up doing next season was Maidley third eleven were the team that played in Shropshire Div One, I think. Shropshire Sunday I think they were, Div they, One. Weren't they both in the same division for a couple of seasons yeah. before the reshuffle? Yeah, in yeah. the division two and then they put Maidley thirds up, even though they'd finished below Maidley fourths. I think and not quite mm. don't quote me on that. But it would be interesting to see what they do there. Um but yeah, so if if for example Shrewsbury's if Shrewsbury's first eleven got relegated from the Birmingham League, which is the biggest stretch ever, they're probably not. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're, they're definitely the top, not. They're in the top division, aren't they? Yeah, so, so it would take two seasons anyway. It would be it would be more likely for a team on the middle level, kind of well, the second level, and kind of who aren't doing so well in the Birmingham League. If they got relegated and their first eleven were in the Prem, their first eleven would go straight down to Division One, um, which again would be interesting, especially if they were champions of the Prem (laughs) or even in the top two Um, but that's that's the way it is and that's how it goes with the seconds but yeah if 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 one finished top of division one and the other got relegated I don't know I'd assume that you would keep that that would save the team who got relegated in a way I guess I don't know that's suppose in the next season if it is for example Wellington you will have a Wellington team in the permanent and the Wellington team yeah. doesn't want you just have to do the seconds become the first because they're higher than them like, yeah know. yeah it'd be interesting or yeah whether Wellington second 11 go into the Prem and yeah it'd be definitely interesting um, so yeah if you do have any thoughts or anyone from the league do let us know and what would happen in that crazy situation it's, it's a long shot but you never know but no yeah very interesting and do you think um, do you think what's happened here then Joss this is the next question. Do you think it sets a precedent for the rest of the leagues? You know, they've clearly gone two down from both leagues and they've gone three up. The question is, does it set a precedent that it's going to be two down or does it set a precedent that they're going to promote? If there are three teams at the top of the table, which there were in Division 1 and there were in Division 2, that they're going to be more likely to promote them rather than just go, we'll move up two. If that makes sense. I don't envy, let me say this straight away, I don't envy the job that the league's got to do. Um, I do think that they do a fantastic job. But I've said it so many times already, if you finish in the bottom two, you should expect to be relegated. So Mm. I think they should be consistent with that throughout the leagues. Mm. Two should go down. And obviously there's been a couple of dropouts which confuses, muddies the water Mm. further. And at the same time, they're trying to get everyone following the reshuffle, they're trying to get everyone in the right league as quickly as they can. Mm. So they probably are looking at, I don't know, some divisions there might be four teams miles above everyone else and mm. might be tempted to promote four mm. and relegate three. But equally, I think if you finish third from bottom, you'd be gutted to get relegated. I mean, look at mm. all Scott, for example, stayed mm. in Prem by skin their teeth. Fair play to them. And I don't think it's very fair to relegate someone that's finished third from bottom, to me. Mm. Um, I suppose the other argument is if you do go down, you shouldn't have done, you'll go back up the next season. Yeah. Is the other argument, so. Mm. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the lower leagues. Yeah, yeah, definitely going to be very interesting. And those leagues will be coming out, well, I would assume probably November, December time. I guess it's, well, maybe even closer to like 
well, if it was anything to do with last year, it'll be more kind of, what was it, January, February last year, wasn't it, or something maybe? I, I can't, can't remember. Yeah. But um, I think it's what? more to do with seeing how many teams register to sign up for next year as well kind yeah. of thing. What I, what I would like to see next year, and uh, I know it's not easy for Lee because they're trying to, they've just had the reshuffle, trying to get it all right, but everyone should know what the criteria is at the start of the year. And I know when being promoted has a knock-on effect, mm. but there should be some sort of rule in place that top two and bottom two go up and down regardless. Mm. And then you can... I mean, I know it's not that, it's not that simple because mm. things happen, but... Um, I think I think that, uh, from my point, yeah, yeah. You can get to the last game of the season, you don't know if you're playing to stay up or not. Mm. And just sort of detracts from the game a little bit, I think. I think from my point of view, I think how that... I've, I think the league may go after this next season that we've been in, after this next season, I think that that's what they'll do. I think this final season, this next season will be the final season where they'll kind of do it more on committee of making a decision just because yeah, two I think... Two up, two down. And then if someone yeah. from the Prem goes up, Mainly, then yeah. this happens. Mainly just because of what you mentioned earlier, I think that they want to try and get the leagues as correct as possible. Yeah. So yeah. by and doing I, it by... I, I, doing I, I, it yeah, by I doing do it by that. committee so I, I'm not, at the I'm moment. Not, I'm yeah. not having to get the league at all because I do no. get what they're doing and they are doing a I think, job. Yeah, I think doing it by committee at the moment and not setting any borders at the moment is the right thing probably for this next season. But then after after that, I think the league should pretty much be kind of settled maybe. Mm. Um, and then and then we'll see where it goes. But then, you know, it's still being a kind of two up, two down, but even like a provisional provisional two up two down kind of depending on obviously what happens in the prem has a knock-on effect really but i think if you do that then all it's going to do is it would it you it would only affect the relegation spot so two would always go down and I mean, three you, would you, always go up wouldn't they you could have two up two down unless the premiership the premier champions go up to the booming league which, in which case it's three up three up and yeah, yeah and then two down yeah which would make sense uh, but yeah, it's de- yeah again. It's definitely going to be interesting. And I think this next year is possibly going to be the final year where they'll probably do it by committee, just because obviously I think you know they want to just try and get these leagues spot on. Something they've got to think about on the committee is with these three teams that have dropped out. What are they going to do with the leagues? Are they going to do division one to four as twelve leagues, and then as twelve team leagues, and then division five to eight ten team leagues, mm-hmm. or are they going to do twelve team leagues? And then keep the other two, keep the other ones as ten, or maybe even merge division seven and eight into one big sixteen team league, and then have the others all as twelve. You know, it's there's lots of other decisions that have got to be made, just more than just kind of like promotion and relegation, which is quite interesting. And yeah, it's it it makes the job of the selection and league committee. Even harder, I think, really, just on it. Yeah, I mean, you obviously heard a lot more rumours than I have about. <laughs> I have heard this thing about ten, ten. Yeah, but I have heard this rumour about ten team leagues. Um, it surprises me that they're thinking of that so soon after having done a big reshuffle. Mm. You thought they'd have done it all together really, mm. rather than do this and then mm. a couple of years down the line change it all again. If if it is true, it's just yeah. a rumour anyway. So. If it, it if it is a rumor, but if it is if there is any truth in the rumor, for me, I can kind of see why they would have twelve. The reason I think they'd have twelve maybe is just because 
in a 12-team league, it's more, it's easier to get promoted quickly, I think, than in a 10-team league. So you can, there's more chance for teams to get into those leagues and then you can, then you can split it up into 10s. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting and with, you know, teams struggling to get players out. But then also, on the other hand, you're, you've got people who love playing cricket who would miss their cricket on the bank holiday and does having the bank holiday off ultimately get people out of sync of playing out of the you know regular flow of mm. wanting to play cricket because yeah. if it's not happening every weekend yeah. Yeah. then I you know, know people I, I, I people lose the Sunday captain this summer we were, we were I really struggled because yeah. we had so many games called off for one reason or another mm. people find other things to do or they lose yeah. enthusiasm it's really difficult to get them back involved yeah so whilst having bank holidays off may sound a great idea for it in a way i think it may it may have its negatives you know something to think about but yeah i think i think that really sums everything up and yeah congratulations to all the teams who have been promoted congratulations to chirk and Warfield and um yeah looking forward to play well we probably won't be playing you unless <laughs> unless you know, I think, well, we said it on Twitter. There's a gonna, few weddings. There's <laughs> a few weddings, yeah, or some serious injuries or, you know, somehow over the winter we develop um, an eye and an ability, ability to field. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, good luck and, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a tough season for Albury, don't you think, Joss? Very, very much so, yes. Um, obviously wishing the best of luck being my club, but, um, yeah, they're... Um, it's going to be a trying one. Mm. As I said, it wouldn't have been the end of the world had we gone down. Because mm. um, everyone likes to be in a winning team and all we mm. have struggled a bit. I think we'll struggle again next year. Because I think Wellington, Chirk and Murfield seconds mm. all going to be strong. St George's and Beaumere, equally so. Mm. It's, so it's not going to be any easier. But no, if you fancy coming to play for Albury, you know, get in touch. We are, we will be looking to strengthen. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Great club, great tees, good beers, good chat. And hey, you get to... Good chat. Well, People listening to the podcast might disagree. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that leaves it on that. Uh, we had the wonderful opportunity of being able to sit down and chat with two players from Wem's championship winning side, the one and only Harry Chandler and Ben Peel. So we're here with Cow Corner Podcast and we are currently in Wem's home changing room. I'm here with Joss Elliott and Jamie Martindale of Cow Corner and we are joined by two guests from the championship winning and Birmingham playoff winners. When first eleven, and we are joined by none other than Harry Chandler Hello. and <laughs> the man, man of the moment, Ben Peel. Hey, not Ben Parry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Ben Parry. Um, so, didn't first... take long, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? So, I'm Harry Chandler. Uh, play at Wem, wicketkeeper, opening batsman. Well, I try and open the batting anyway. Um, been at Wem for a couple of years, well, through the junior systems. Um, had the skirmish with the Shropshire stuff, and that's about it. It's me. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Ben Peel, uh, first year at Wem. Uh, absolutely loved it. I'm an absolute top bloke off the field, uh, and I'm an even better spinner on it. So, uh, 
Yeah. He said he bolts him up, I said, no, he's a spin. He's not, he's not, he's a spin. He's not, he's not, he's a spin. 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 So yeah, uh, a fantastic end to the season and uh, something that you were expecting guys? Uh, were you expecting to do so well in, well, in the league or in the playoffs? I thought the league would we'd be a little bit closer to the rest of the pack. I think we didn't, or we wouldn't go into the last game knowing that if we, I think it was like 9 or 10 points, knowing that if we got those 9 or 10 points that was us done. I thought it would be a little bit closer, maybe like, a little bit like it was last year with Quat. Mm. Um, so yeah, to do it, I feel like we had ended up doing it quite convincingly the league. Um, and then in terms of the playoffs, yeah, I think we went in there with an open mind, nothing to lose. Um, certainly weren't the favourites, but ended up, we probably should have won eight, all the games, but we forgot it was about against Pelsall. So, uh, but yeah, to go into that last game, only needed two <coughs> points to get promoted. I don't think we expected that, and it was a, a nice surprise for us, definitely. Mm. So Ben, coming into when this season, what have been the main kind of changes from the standard that you used to before and kind of uh, how, how have you found your first year of Shropshire cricket? Well, I've got to do a shout out first to the uh, Enville lads down in Div 3, yes, that's, um, that's where I've come from. Uh, I think the standard that we've had, uh, that, that uh, when we've had this year, is just the fact that you know that if the ball's going in the air, I was, I was guaranteed someone was going to catch it. We had Martin Davis, I think, took something like 16 catches on the boundary, which is mental. Um, mm. Didn't drop anything all year. You've got Matty Cohen at first slip. That I know if, I, if, uh, if anyone's nicked off against me, like, yeah, you're walking. So, um, mm. um, so that was really, really good to see. Um, and then just with the bowling, is that you kind of, uh, when you play in like, the, the lower leagues, it's all a bit hit and miss. Like, the bowlers will bowl it and they'll, they'll bowl some good balls at you, but you know you're going to get like, two bad balls and over. Mm. Come up into the Premier League in Shropshire, um, you know you're not going to get two bad balls and over. You might get like two bad balls every three overs, um, and you're going to get a lot more better balls. Like as I discovered against uh, Whitchurch, has vanished, had me around his little finger. Um, but uh, but yeah, just the the social side mm. of Shropshire. There's a lot more uh, off field <laughs> fun than I was I was expecting, but. Uh, Harry's just put his cap over his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Harry, as as someone who's come through the WEM youth system, um, how proud are you as someone who's well, both of you had a major impact in the playoffs, especially kind of. But how how proud are you as a player to kind of be able to take your team WEM through into the Birmingham League this year? Yeah, massively proud. Um, there's a big community spirit behind the club. Um, they've been pushing us forward for a while um, and so to give back to the community and to give back to sort of the coaches that have developed sort of I'm not one of the younger ones but you've still got Matty Cohen and sort of Chris Peel even had a little uh, flicker in the team this year the same coaches developed me and developed them and so to give back to them and show them this is what we're actually capable of makes us massively proud because you've been there or thereabouts for years haven't you for yeah yeah years. definitely um, I'd say probably for the last like nine years mm. We've, we've probably been there or thereabouts, we've probably been in the top three, top four. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been trying to put a, a sort of 
a campaign together and making sure that we deliver at the end and actually we're not the bridesmaids at the end, we're the, uh, the mm-hmm. champions, yeah. What things do you think that you've got in place at when, which has helped you kind of succeed as a club to get to this point and to get the promotion? Because I think we were talking, well, you were saying, Joss, weren't you, about what you'd heard about the other teams? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the other leagues that they play against in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I mean, being told are much stronger. So make sure team is even better than you. And it gives encouragement to the likes of Weirfield or Quart or whoever's there next year. And they're in the playoffs. We're not weaker than Staffordshire or whoever, you know, Worcestershire. So mm. I think it was playing with an open mind mm. and not fearing the bowler or the batter who was at the other end. Mm. It was, you know, at the end of the day, whoever's at the other end, it might be Ricardo Gordon or it might be someone else, mm. they can still bowl a half volley. And when they bowl a half volley, you've just got to put it away mm. for four. So... Yeah, that's, I think, playing with an open mind has been a massive strength for us. Playing with no fear, you know, it's been said on previous podcasts, we're a really relaxed team and we are. Mm. You know, there's no bounds about it. But I think that's helped us when the situations have gotten tough. They've not got overly tough for us. We've managed being able to sort of keep level-headed and get, get through those situations. Does that no fear come from the captain? Does it come from just the club in general? Or... I think it comes from the captain personally. There's yeah. uh, a lad that's new to the new to the setup, uh, and a lad that's I've, I've been a bit of a, a club offer um, as such. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Just to put that out there. Um, now I've been a bit of a club offer up and down the country. Um, the trust that Sam's put in um, in the bowling side is that he, mm. he just actually he just goes right. We know what's going to happen. You're opening. Um, do your thing. If it's not going to plan, it will quite happily adjust his plan. We don't need to say what to do. Just goes right, Ben. You're on. Which end you want? That one. He goes, yeah. Sound. Do your mm. thing. And we all have that understanding within mm. uh, within the team that we know what each other's going to do. Mm. So we, we don't even need to talk about it. And then when it comes to batting, it's that we have that confidence to go out and just play our games. Mm. And a lot of clubs don't bat quite as deep as we do. People. I think it was when we were in the Birmingham Premier League. We were at Ashwood Bank. And someone was talking to, to the chairman, uh, Agra, about how far do we back down? And he went, oh no, we back to 11. And he was like, thanks, you have a giggle, mate. I was like, no, no, we back to 11. Mm. There's only one person in that team, which is me, is that never scored a first team 50. Like everybody mm. up to 11 has scored a first team 50. And that confidence to know is that you can go out and play your game, mm. knowing that if you, if you not execute a shot, and got out that you can go yeah I didn't execute that fine but you know the next person's going to come in and it's going to stand their ground and play their game it's not going to be oh, like like you look at some of the teams like maybe Bowman where they haven't got as strong a tail as, as we have that go oh, I'm going to have to dig in a bit here mm. um, and we, we saw that with Warfield didn't we um, when they played yeah. here Carpani just sort of didn't want to play his shots because mm. he wanted to build a bit of partnership rather than mm. just go look there's a bad ball hit it Mm. Um, and I think with, with Wem, we've just got the confidence to back each other mm. and to, to be able to, to score runs and to take the game to the team. And just, yeah, yeah, like we said. No a big step up next year, are you going to be looking to strengthen? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely want to go for another overseas. <clears throat> From speaking to the captain, we probably want another batter or two. Um, I don't really know exactly who we're looking to pinpoint at the moment. It's... You know, it's still October. Yeah. The season's pretty fresh. So, mm. yeah, it, it's difficult to know right now to say what we're going to do, definitely. But definitely, we probably need another bat- batsman or two. Mm. Um, and then we were thinking maybe another scene bowler because um, we want an overseas spinner. 
So maybe if we can get another seam bowler, then. Andy Harrison scored runs in the game. Once. Yeah. yeah, he's had one innings. How many, how many hundreds in there? <laughs> I've forgotten, so. Yeah. But oh. no, yeah. Um... <laughs> and he bowls seams as well. Yeah, he bowls seams, doesn't he? Yeah, he's twice playing that. Yeah, shout out, Andy, if you want to join the club, then Sheep's number is 07. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned, you know that the captain's quite laid back, but in, quite encouraging. Um, would you say that's the major difference? Because I, you know, we've met quite a few teams this season. Would you say that's the the biggest difference between you and the other teams in the top half and rest of the Premier Division? I think probably the biggest difference between us and the other teams that are around is probably the team spirit. Mm. There's a massive team spirit amongst us, and yeah, it comes from the fact that. You know, nine or ten of us are genuine mates. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sort of you like... You always have that you'll play football together, don't you? Yeah, all play football yeah, play yeah. together, all play cricket together. Yeah. You know, after every Saturday, it was, yes, in the pub, and there was probably 14 or 15 of us, a couple of the second team lads as well, <coughs> but always in the pub until sort of one, two o'clock in the morning. Mm. The pub's landlord says that we pay for his holiday every year, so... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that signifies just... It signifies the team spirit amongst us, mm. though. Um... You've just said you perhaps want two new batsmen, yeah. a bowler, an overseas. That's potentially maximum, should we say, four new signings. Would that upset it? Is that too many? Or would they be squad players, perhaps? Or I, I think it would be, I meant to sort of say three, sort of two okay, batsmen, yeah. one of them being the overseas. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it's trying to find the right players who will fit in, in the, within the culture of yeah, the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's massively important to us, is to try and find someone who can fit into that culture. Now, your second eleven has done fantastic this season by winning Division 5. How do you think that's going to affect a player who's going to be potentially playing Birmingham League cricket one week and then Division 4 the next? Or potentially someone who's played the whole season Premier Division this season but may not get... How do you think the club will bridge that kind of gap? Or will it, will it just be kind of... There will be... It will be kind of rotated, as JB kind of mentioned... I don't think we really rotate players, do we? We've got a squad. We haven't this year so much. It's when... See, that's the thing. So this year it's probably been quite a set 11. Mm. If someone's been unavailable, then someone's coming from the second as to... Yeah. Field. But I think in terms of the rotation of it, I think if someone's performing badly in the ones and they mm. need time away from it, then if someone's absolutely smashing down the door in the twos, then you can't turn around and say, oh, I'm not going to pick you in the ones. Mm. Um, I think... It will be a struggle though with the difference in leagues. Mm. I think that could be from Div- Division One to Division One Birmingham League. It will mm. be a massive difference. So it would be diff- difficult. Mm. Uh, I think go. that's something we've spoken about a lot, isn't it? On the podcast, yeah. the, the, the <coughs> gaps between <coughs> one, yeah. Division One, Division Yeah, seven, but Birmingham ones in the Prem this year. And twos seven, are in Division Six, six Seven. Is it? You know, low down. It's a massive jump, isn't it? Mm. I think. Something that I'm also interested in knowing is that like, throughout your season, going back to kind of your season itself, are there any particular points that you're looking at as key games or, or throughout the season, were there any things where you thought that's a big key moment that you kind of realised that it was on and that you had a team that could potentially get promoted to the Birmingham League? 
coming in, um, well, I keep saying I'm coming from the outside in, but having seen the lads in the first few games and being a spinner, being a bowler, and I was looking at it going, I don't think I'm going to bowl it. Like, I think I might be lucky to bowl 50 overs this year. Mm. Like, you've got Tom Astley that went through all Scott. Like, I've never seen a bowler go through a team like that. Genuinely unplayable. But then Alio as well. Mm. Um, Alex Lorenzo just went and was bowling balls that really good batsmen were struggling to hit. Like, they were so good, they, they couldn't nick them to a first slip, which was uh, really frustrating to watch, but so incredibly awesome to, to be a, a fielder at the time going. And it's one of those things where you juggle up going, Wow, this this team like they believe like they mm. genuinely believe that they they're gonna go up, and mm. um, and impress. Were they better than what you perhaps thought before you'd come in? Absolutely, your teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I looked at them in the league from last year, and I went, yeah, it's gonna be a good setup. We're gonna be mm. a good team. Um, they're gonna have some some good bowlers, some good batsmen. There'll be lads that will, like perform every week. Uh, sort of just like here with thirties and that. But I wasn't expecting the mm. caliber of the players it's straight at the start of the season because you. You get some, some teams, I say some teams, most teams, mm. that sort of warm into a season, like, mm. like Cop did almost, where they, they struggled to get the, the results early on, but then by the end of the season, they were smacking teams left, right and centre. Like, look at Warfield last game of the season, and Warfield, the other way around, they started the season strong, got a bit complacent in the middle, lost a few games in the middle, and then had a relatively strongish finish. Um, mm. But the, the fact that the women lads went straight in and just hit the ball um, from, mm. from ball one, and they bowled their areas. They they just took the the, the fight to the opposition. It was, mm. it was incredible to see. And I'm like, but yeah, this is this is a great team. Set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Ben, question to you. Um, as someone who's quite new to the dressing room, who would you say had been the kind of key players at certain points this season? Kind of. That's a bit of a question, isn't it? Um, oh, I think. It's been it's been good having you know, having Raj in the changing room. Not mm. to um, he's a very quiet lad, but you know when he goes out into the middle, he's gonna he's gonna do do his thing. He's he's always gone out and scored twenty thirty runs. He can hold uh, hold it together a bit. But uh, if I want to just what um, Sam as a captain is, he's an incredible leader of men. He he doesn't tell you what to do mm. because he doesn't need to tell you it, and you just and you never question our oh, Sam why why I've done this, why I've done that, because he'll go out and he'll justify his decision mm. with the results and like the fact that he's opening up and he might score 17 off the first, mm. seven, like 10, 15 overs, but what he's doing is he's building a platform for us. Mm. Is He's got that ability to just go, well, this is a bit sticky, lads. Mm. Gel around me. But you've got the likes of Martin Davis, who is a character, isn't he? Uh, that's one way to justify it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, uh, he's a good lad. He keeps on your toes. We all know what a character means. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, he's a great bloke and it's been great to have him in the team because, you know, when we are, we've been down and that. He just makes you smile. Um, mm. I think just the, the fact that the change room's so calm. Mm. You've got Tom Astor that I, I reckon you could punch him in the face and he wouldn't even blink an eye. That's just how chill he is. Mm. And you've got Matty Cohen and he just, he's just always there. Just running mm. along, doing his thing, and you know, mm. never making much noise. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then you've got Chando, the ultimate character, um, doing bits, aren't you? Not behind the stumps. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just we're just relaxed and just good mates, and um, at least I think we are. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chando's giving me some. How he looks into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, Harry, moving back onto yourself, only in the batting, you're going into the playoffs. What's going through your mind as you've as you're going out to bat facing those first few balls? It's as, for me. It's as simple as just try and score runs. Mm. You know, just try and score runs, whether it's ones, fours, whatever. Mm. It, that's the name of the game, isn't it? It's mm. whoever whoever's got the most runs at the end of the day is going to win, and that's mm. sort of a mentality I think a lot of other teams don't have, mm. uh, but we have where it's just go out there and just try and score runs. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting quickly or not. Just score them, and when we've got a score on the board, then we can judge where we are. Mm. And yeah, that's all. It's that's the mentality for me. If someone bowls me a half volley, I'm going to try and lift him for four. Mm. If they bowl on my legs, I'm going to try and plonk them over the cow corner for mm. six. You know, so oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I would say the fact you back down to eleven, you must yeah. use a theme to relax as well. Yeah. Someone's going to come off. If you're yeah, exactly. Back to two or three, then I'm going to get. Thirty or forty. That's if you. It, yeah, the belief is sort of if we can have one lad get past fifty, get fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, and another lad can chip in around them, get you know twenty, thirty. You're looking at two fifty easily every week. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of the time batting first, we were edging towards two hundred, two twenty, and that's a very competitive. Over the division that we played in, anyway, it's a very competitive score. Mm-hmm. You know, the other team have to do a lot to go and chase them down and. Mm. We sort of back our bowling attack to definitely defend anything and bowl teams, most teams out. Mm. Yeah, we've had six front line bowlers this year, which has been an absolute saving mm. grace. Mm. How about the guy to your right then? How's he done this season? What would you think about? Well, feel free to say <laughs> whatever you want about him. How do, how, how do you feel that he's fitted into the side and how, how has he done this season? No, to be fair, we give him some stick, but he's actually fitted into the side brilliantly. If we have to say, we give him a lot of stick. He's a bit of a live wire. He usually ends up in a dick of the day shirt. Hashtag um, yeah. I've just noticed the wig up there. Is that is that part of? That's part of the second team one. Oh, is the it? first okay. team one's a little bit more rare. It's a <laughs> it's a goldfish suit with a. <laughs> with an <orange> shirt. <laughs> um, to be fair, we both end up in it most weeks because uh, yeah, I like to do silly stuff when we're uh, coming back from the pub, and he's just. I'm just a type, and I. Yeah, you're just you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's how to describe yeah. it but no performances on the field as well he's been he's been brilliant and we've had sort of we've been calling out for a spinner for years and for him to come to the club and then for us to get a decent overseas as mm. like a left arm spinner or a right arm spinner it means that those middle overs we can tie teams down and mm. you know squeeze them so much that when they get to sort of the 40th over and they're mm. looking to push on and then we've got our death bowlers on it they struggle mm. to get away from us mm. so no he's been absolutely brilliant for us and yeah even with the bat he's contributed quite a lot um, which at home he got us sort of to a competitive competitive score T20 finals day he launched some massive bombs um, thanks so, James yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly no he's been He's been brilliant for us on the on and off the field this year. So, um, <coughs> going into the Birmingham League playoffs again, um, did you go in with a set game plan and what was your kind of like mentality going into each game? Did you feel like the level of competition was too much different from the standard that you're playing in the Prem? I think with um, going into the, the playoffs, uh, as a bowling unit, we just knew that if we kept doing what we've been doing, which is having Danny and Alio... Uh, well, and Jim, because uh, Alio, congratulations, had a baby. Um, Jim and Danny just go and do their thing, which is 
not let them score runs mm. and just tie them down and let the openers get themselves out. And you look at Danny, I think he's took, uh, I think he's like 34 wickets this year. I think two of those uh, wickets are batsmen that aren't in the top five. Mm. And that just tells you sort of the, the quality and the calibre that he bowls and the, 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 the fact that he can do that at Birmingham uh, in the playoffs is going to hold massively for the future. But he just went in and did exactly the same. Mm. And then Sam just goes, right, lads, we know what we're doing. Um, Danny and Jim, and uh, then just bring the spinners on and that's what we've tied the game off. we played on some absolutely incredibly good decks. Ashwood Bank turned up and there's like a sheen on top and the ball was going around your ear rolls. But... Dan but just he had to be a good player to get run to Ashford Bank. Yeah, he did, mate, he did. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to get How did you get Shandai, mate? 12 short of having as many Birmingham League hundreds as Andy Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> good 88, that was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and we just, we just go in and we just tie teams down and we just, we just really strangles it. When you, mm. when, you, when you have two opening bowlers... Um, like Dan and Alio through the season and then you've got the ability to just bring Jim straight in and then mm. it's exactly the same mm. where they're going for less than 40 runs in the first 15 overs mm. like you'd look as a batting uh, as a batting unit going right let's just attack the second set this is clearly what they've got and then you bring uh, bring Raj in mm. you bring yourself and you bring Harry you bring Rock like where, where do you score runs mm. um, and I think a lot of teams have got themselves bogged down thinking that uh, we'll just see these guys off someone's going to buy a bad ball mm. and uh, this year just we didn't buy many bad balls mm. containing that's what we've done all year mm. just containing teams mm. and we did the same in the, in the playoffs you know Aswell Bank got away from us a little bit at the end and we thought we might keep them under well to be fair actually in the first 10 overs they got away from us and then we really brought it back in the middle part of the innings and then yeah they got away from us towards the end um, but that's probably been the only game where any team has looked like getting away from us. Mm. You know, only one team scored, mm. well, two teams, sorry, scored more than 200 against us. That was Riemann and Asper Bank. No one else managed to do it. So I think mm. it's a credit to show how good the attack was at containing teams. Mm. Mm. So with all that talent that you've got and the best team in Shropshire, statistically anyway, you're remarkably underrepresented in the Shropshire team. I'll take this one, Shambo. You say it's <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand that there's probably contact has been made from Shropshire to some players at Wem as to, to their availability um, and to, to them being selective. I could, I'd love them to, to call me up and go, Ben, we need a spinner. You're in. Um, but I think with uh, a lot of us, our jobs um, doesn't allow us to. Um, me being in the military, um, Danny and Sam being te- and Jim being teachers, like it's difficult for us to get away. I mean, we've got young lads coming through that uh, 19, 20, 21, that should be banging on the doors of the development team at least, but we- we're not having that, that, that chance, it seems to, mm-hmm. and yeah, surely get them in the nets, get them, get them down, come into games, like get them in the setup, whether it's as a squad as a 12, 30, 40th player. Especially the young lads like Harry Astley, who scored an incredibly good 50 at Worthfield. It's some really tricky conditions against a really aggressive and um, up for it Worthfield. And then he did the same at Newport, Newport when we really, really needed him to, to dig in. And he just did it. And he's only 17. Like, get him, get him in there, get him in the team, get him mm-hmm. having that experience, get him facing the quicker bowlers. But you learn quickly as well, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You can't get better by staying at that level. Mm. 
both of you ended up finishing in the team of the year for Division One. And is this kind of something that you think that's been going on for quite a while as, as a club? Is there something that you think that the club could do to get more players involved in Shropshire as someone who's been involved in the club for longer? I don't know if it's sort of a, a club aspect. I think it's difficult to know because obviously we don't know the selection process that the county cricket club go through. I've obviously had a little bit of involvement in it and want to have far more involvement in it going forward. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it, to sort of pick why they're not picking us. I don't think there's any more the club can do. The club make us available. Mm. You know, the club leave the decision up to us. Mm. Um, I think it doesn't help that some of the lads, when Trotsch do their winter nets at least, mm. they do them on Saturdays. Mm. And some of the lads are like, well, most of the lads are all playing football and it's yeah. kind of like, well, how are we supposed to yeah. um, come along when we're playing football already, given that it's football season? Um, it'd just be, yeah, it's a difficult one. Mm. The only thing is we don't see a lot of Shropshire scouts coming to look at our games. That would mm. you know, be one that I suppose we'd like to see as a, a club, is seeing these Shropshire scouts come down and have a look at us and you know, mm. see what we're actually doing on the match day. Because you know, then they can really have a, a, fair represent, or a fair judgment of whether we're good enough players to get into the squads or whether we're not good enough players to get into the squads or mm. you know, they can make probably a fairer assessment on where we are in, mm. in regards to On to the big questions that everyone wants to know about who's the worst drinker in the side? <laughs> I know <laughs> Right well It's not Ben Peel It's the other one <laughs> It's the other one Ben Parry Ben Parry <laughs> And James Astley James Astley James Astley's Astley. pretty honking isn't he? Yeah Yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw James Astley in fever a couple of uh, <laughs> nights ago. Well, when this goes out, probably a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah. A little bit worse for wear. Did offer me the chance to sign. And I said, what's your 13 captain's number? Hey, that be... Oh, I can't wait to it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can, come on. <laughs> I must admit, I am quite amazed with uh, the ability that some of these lads have to drink. I was expecting the, uh, the old man of the team, Martin Davis, to, to not be able to put them back as well as he does. But I tell you what, he was, he was banging dark fruits back left, right and centre. <laughs> for, for, for a guy who's got two kids, it's quite funny because he obviously has to shoot off after a game and stuff like that. But obviously on the group chat, it's always, he'll get home, he'll have a 10 pack of dark fruits... And if we've won, it's one into a glass. Oh, I've seen it off, lads. That's for the win today. Number two. See it off. There you go, lads. I've seen another one off for you. He, he does that quite often. He sends us some uh, reminders that he is drinking with us. In spirit, <laughs> if he's not here in body. As we've got a resident expert, have you got like um, a guy who's mo- most successful on Tinder in the team? Oh, James. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> juicy gossip. <laughs> resident expert. <laughs> Hey, you are, aren't you, imagine? <laughs> it's definitely not me, but I tell you who it is. Hey, Harry Astley. Yeah. Good on Tinder, he is. He is. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a good lad. He's, um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's brought yeah. an extra element this year to the team, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, he, he? He took his plates off midway through. Yeah, he uh, yeah, got the old chip off the shoulder. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, he, he, after it, he looked a lot more relaxed, like there wasn't the weight of the world on his shoulders. So. Yeah, no, yeah. good on him, good on the young lad. <laughs> yeah, he did all right. Gym, <laughs> dry. But... 
you know. Let's not talk about it. I've seen the birds he was chatting to on Friday. For those of you who don't know, Jamie ended up in fever on Friday night with uh, James Astley, didn't you? Yes, he? yes I did, yeah. I had a quiet chat with him. <laughs> uh, I think we'll leave no, it at that one. I'll let him get back to his, mail, uh, to his verse. Uh, so, um, moving on. Who's got, who's, who's, who's got the worst chat in the team? Who's got the worst chat? Ben Peel. Benny Peel, by far. It's honky. It's this chat. If I could stick a mute button on him, I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's the worst dressed in the club? We're all quite bad, really. Well, we're all <laughs> well it depends what, when you're talking. Uh, like, if it's, if it's on a night out, Jim Astley's got to be up there, as usual. Chando um, likes to go full structure kit um, with the shorts and T-shirt. That's warm-up gears. Warm-up gears don't count. Uh, yeah. uh, that's a difficult one. Matty Cohen, I think, is he's always got the same clothes on. Mm. He's always got a pair of like grey jogger shorts, mm. hoodie, and the same pair of trainers. On a um, night out? Yeah. Are we talking night <laughs> out? Or <laughs> just walking work, 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 <laughs> We didn't actually go out this year, did we? We just went to the pub. And no. So we all just end up in our yeah. just post match gears. It's not like shit, it's there. Yeah, I tell you what was good though, it was, um, was the last week. Oh, I tell you what, yeah. It was definitely Danny because... So we have um, a shit shirt day for the last game of the year. Mm. Or, well, usually it's the furthest travel. It's been Newtown in the last couple of years. But this year it was Ludlow, obviously. Newtown not being there. And we did a charity shop social. Well, a charity shop event. Um, we all had £10 to spend in the charity shop. Mm. And we had to bring it, bring it and give it to someone else at the game. Um, <laughs> Danny Cohen got put in a... What suit was it? Was it a wolf suit or something like there that? There it is. So, we've got... There you go. He got put in a wolf suit. <coughs> we'll have to put this on oh, there. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> the episode of uh, the profile picture. And, and the Mortimer's oh, yeah. uh, wrestling shorts went yeah. down the tree. So, we've got the, so the challenge with £10 at a charity shop on it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, Andy Mort was in his Mai Tai shorts. Um, <laughs> Schnee just stayed at work. Martin Davis stayed at work did, yeah. with his five Um Oh, I got that. I've managed to barter down a really, really nasty ca- um, cardigan for Matt. Mm. Uh, what, from a charity shop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My outfit was supposed to be about 15 quid. I went up to the lady at the tiller and said, Can you do it for a tenner for us, please? And she went, Are You sure? I said, Yeah, please. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a class, man. Uh-huh. The least said about that, not the better. Who's the biggest badger in the club, then? Who's the biggest cricket badger? It's a big competition between me and you. It's almost, it's almost like we're just trying to outdo each other, isn't it? It's a big competition between me and you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was when we... Oh, when was it? Must have been, I think, the last game of the season. We just went full badger. You were telling me how to play the game, and I was trying to give statistics on uh, the Ludlow bowlers. Um, there was a time... Oh, fuck, when was it? You fit right in with us, like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's a reason why it's me and him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were meant to have yeah. Martin Davis here because they wanted a sensible one, but yeah. you know, I put my work head on, so... No, I think definitely us two. We are tragic. Mm. Final one, then. Final one. And uh, this, is, this is dedicated to me. Who's got the worst lid? <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So in fines every week, obviously we have a maximum of five pound fine, 
um, the first finds always go out with the lids. Yeah. So I'm always 50p and 50p. Yeah. Um, but worst list lid has to go to Steve Blenkinsop. Mm-hmm. He pays. Oh yeah, but Alio's got quite a full head of hair. Yeah. He's he just has highlights in them. Steve Blankensop <laughs> pays £1.50 because he's got 50p on the one corner, 50p on the other receding the hairline, and 50p for the bold spot. And the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think he has to take worse lid. <laughs> it's a good job I don't pay for him. I've been paying a tenner every week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So take your hat off. So you're somebody coming up. Oh! That's honest, that. That's um, I, I've said if mine goes any further back, then I'm zipping it off. If I get to 25 and it's like back here, it's going. It goes. It goes. It goes. It goes. Like it goes a bit quick. <laughs> cool. Any other questions? Well, it's a bit of a serious question, really. Which yeah. was just the, um, the last playoff game. Am I right in thinking you only needed two or three points, two points to, yeah. to mathematically win, win that <clears> mini league? Yeah. Did you sort of celebrate the previous game or did you have to hold back the celebrations what was your mentality oh, going into that because two no, points is no didn't celebrate at all um, no didn't professional celebrate the Sunday no, yeah no. I think it's where we realised at that point that we need to when we're going up now we're playing some serious cricket like we still need to play the game next week regardless of who you're playing we still needed to two points or a win we needed to get two points so we didn't celebrate because you know cricket's a fickle sport isn't it? Yeah. and at the end of the day yeah. Anything can happen. You can have a lad for 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 Pelsall who just goes out and scores a turn, and the other lad just sort of hangs about, and you never know what could happen. And so we didn't celebrate, went out. But as soon as uh, I think we didn't want to do what Quat did to us last, well, what we did to Quat last year, and get bowled out for fifty four, and then go back with our uh, yeah yeah heads in our hands, you know. So yeah, I think that was more of a case of it was just get the job done, and then we can have one almighty circuit, which we did. Mm. We had a very good circuit, so mm. yeah, that was a good night. That fantastic. Well, I think that all that leaves us to say is um, <coughs> thank you very much for talking to us, guys. Yeah, it's been really interesting. To guys. It's been a lifelong dream to be on a cr- cricket podcast, so it's a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and Taylor's weren't available. I'd have heard Jimmy. What was the great cricket? I still got to try and get the great cricket. Oh, yeah, tell, tell them how much I hate cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you very much, guys, and we'll move on to our next section where we're actually going to do a bit of a quiz with the guys. to the unnamed quiz. So, quite simple, two teams. We've got the Wem boys on one side and we've got the podcast boys on the other. And and I've waited all my life to meet Wem or something. This is my biggest chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's palpable, you can I'm cut serious. the tension with a knife. So, basically, how it's gonna go is there are, there are two rounds. Uh, the first round is four questions each and pretty much Quite like question of sport, but not like question of sport at all. Um, you've got four questions and you can either choose to go for an easy question, which will be about your club, or in the podcasters section, it'll be either about Old Real Beacon, 
or something loosely kind of around that. Or you can go for an away question, which is kind of a random question about anything in the Shropshire League. Then we've got round two, which is seven questions of which it's just going to be answer, answering yourself, one each. And then we've got three questions at the end of those seven, which are kind of you both will answer. And whoever has the most points at the end wins. Hey. Come on, James. All right. <laughs> so that sounds like a question of sports to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. And in the honour of cricket, we'll do a toss, and we'll let the uh, visitors visitors. Uh, right. So <laughs> Harry, do you want to do the? Uh... Well, thank God, Sam Pete's here. We lost that. Not want to toss all year, I don't think. Tails. That is a turn. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes, 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 yes. Shock, shock, we've lost another toss. <laughs> so, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Um, we'll go. We'll go second. Yeah, All right, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We like being put in, don't we, Chandler? <laughs> Batting for a losing draw already. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. So, first things first. We're well, in Defy. So. First things first, do you want a home question or do you want to go away? We'll start with home. We'll start, yeah, home. We're we'll not home, yeah. for sure. Alright, round two was when first 11's top run scorer this season was 732 runs. But who has ended up top run scorer for the third 11? Tenth top scorer. No, no, top scorer for the third team is. Third. I, I really don't want to say that. <laughs> I think it might Two be bad. Steve Chandler. Wrong. Yes. yes. Thank God for that. <laughs> so the answer was Sean Mostert. I said oh. Sean Mostert, mate. You should have had it. It was there. It was there. We'll go home. So the podcast boys have gone home. So, the Shropshire Cricket League teams of the season have recently been announced. But how many players from Alderbury and Beacon have made their division's team of the season. From the third team. Okay, the one I'm going to say, we have the number one from our ones, from our twos, we have the four last, just four last, from our threes, we had Smithy. Wizard, possibly, I'm going to say four from Beacon. I'm going to say two. So six, yeah? Six. Six. Okay, time's up. And the correct answer was eight. We had... Ed Farrow, yeah. Ben Smith, Luke Bedford, Paul Aston, and from Alberbury we have Mark Jones, <laughs> Gareth Phillips, Reese Phillips, and Lewis Todd. <laughs> That's you finding the new plan. <laughs> we need a scorer. <laughs> All right, when boys, what would you like? Would you like a home one or would you like an away? Mix it up, should we go away? Yeah, we'll go away, let's do it. Okie dokie, so. Conor Glendening won the batting award this season, but which other Chalmarsh player ended the season with the most not outs of any batsman oh, in their league with 11? That question is a yuck. You need to get out. Does it get passed over if uh, they're, they're wrong? Uh, no, we didn't for the first two questions. No, no. So. no, no. We'll, we'll pass it over for a laugh, but you won't get any points. Okay. Um, well, I, think, I think I'll just put guess it out. I think Connor's dad plays the. Yeah.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we're going Paul Glendening. Nope. The Stephen someone. Stephen beginning with P. Close. Harry. No, the, the, answer is, the answer is Stephen Zayler, who yes. got 11 not outs in 16 innings with an average of 158. No, you get none. So, back on to the, the podcast, boys. And what are you going to go for, home or away? Home. Yeah, home, home. Still nil-nil, isn't it? Home. home. All right. Jack Doyle infamously scored the worst 50 Aubrey captain James Hart has ever seen. Can you name the other two sides that Jack scored 50 against? You've got 10 seconds. You couldn't. Only two other sides? On Saturday, probably. He got more than 350s. On Saturday, probably. Couldn't. Time's up. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> the question the question's wrong. He got more than 350s. And he, got, he, got, he got sod all in the second half of the season. <laughs> By play cricket on a, on a Saturday, he's only got 350s. One against Albury. I'll give you. I'll give you half a point. Yes, we're getting the lead. I'll give you half a point for getting Kunz. The other side was it's knocking. Anyway, oh, right, yeah. cool. So reset, and we go to <laughs> these home questions a lot harder than I thought they were. When boys, do you want to go home or away? Let's go home. Home. Might as well embarrass ourselves with people we know. <laughs> when became the fifth Shropshire side to join the Birmingham League, but can you name the four other sides? Ten seconds. Shifnal, Shrewsbury, Oswald, Shrewsbury, Original. Yeah, fantastic. Well done, guys. You get a point. <laughs> Josh, you can't do our away question. Thank you for that. Okie doke. Podcast boys. We're yeah, going home or away. Yeah, yeah, we'll go for another home then. Harry Chandler ended 2019 leading wicketkeeper with a fantastic 21 catches and 17 stumpings. But who were the two leading wicketkeepers in Division 1? Well, not me. Give you 20 seconds, that. Yeah! 
Fantastic. Well done. <laughs> didn't think you'd get that. that cool. Good. Yeah, and that was a home question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well, you know. Yeah, really. Uh, okay, when, boys, what, what are you going for? I think we're going to have to go home again. Yeah, home Fine. again. Pretty yeah. simple, so. Home again. If they don't get it, if we oh we've won the first round, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So on on the 18th of May 2019, Wembley quad by nine wickets. Harry Chandler and Raj Biswa knocking off the runs in 9.5 overs. But what we want to know is who bowled the most wines? Tom Astley, Ben Parry, Ben Peel, Danny Cohen, or Raj Biswa? You've got 10 seconds. In the game. Or the In the game. Ben Parry. I'd go with Ben Parry. Ben Parry. Yeah, ben Parry. Correct, Ben Parry. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Tom Astley, and I was like, right, Ben Parry. Well. Ben Parry bowled seven wides, Tom Astley bowled six, Danny Cohen bowled three wides, Raj Biswa bowled none, and he didn't I even did get ball. a ball that it's game. So, yeah. ben, ben Parry got James Ralph out with probably the worst ball James Ralph has ever faced. Oh. <laughs> he got, he got that right game. He got, yeah, and he got Ben Parry got four for twenty-one that yeah. game as well. Not bad. Okay. Oh, the seconds. Oh, boys, what are we going for? We're still ahead if we go home. Yeah. Home. Home. Bit boring, aren't we, really? <laughs> they are tough. These home yeah. questions. Joss Elliott finished the season with 400 runs and three not outs. No! <laughs> but which Albury player ended up with the most not outs this season? You've got 10 seconds to pick a player. I don't know what you're doing. You're asking me, I don't know. James Bird. Incorrect. The answer is James Hurl with seven. <laughs> cool, right, just for fun, we'll do one more round and we'll just do it away questions only, just because oh. I like these away questions and I won't get them answered. So, you'll probably find them easier as well. Yeah. So, what are we playing for it? This is for two points each. Okay, so we are, okay, okay so it's competitive. <laughs> this one's for you when. Both yourselves were named in the Shropshire Cricket League Premier Division Team of the Year. But can you name four of 11 players in their divisions who won the Players of the Year for their division? So the main, the main, not players, not just like any random players made the 11, the one player who was one the player of the year. Well, and I'll give you, I'll give you 20 seconds to discuss it. As for Premier, I think Sam Griffiths got the Division 1. I know Conor Glenn didn't go Division 4 or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> got 8 oh, seconds. Four. I can't think of one more. Wasn't Greg Cowie? No. <laughs> Stop, so who are you three? Who are you four? Oh, well, we're going to have to go Maz, Sam Griffiths, Conor Glendinning, and oh, who's fourth in there? I know one Division 8. <laughs> oh, it's got to be a web player from Div 5. Oh, did, did Reese Mellins get it or something? I think like Reese Mellins is the keeper of. Yeah, Reese Mellins. Go Reese Mellins. So you got three corrects. <laughs> the person who won the Premier Division was, as you said, my Sam Jaffrey, Hassan Jaffrey. You got Sam Griffiths. 
Andrew Swarbrick won Division 2, Glenn Edwards won Division 3, Connor Glenn Denning Division 4, Kieran Osborne Division 5, Brenton Ferry of Colin won Division uh, 6, Patrick Bet McBennett won Division 7 of Coton Hall, Luke Bedford won Division 8, Dan Parry won Sunday Division 1, and Jack Pierce won Sunday Division 2. Okie doke. Podcast boys. You're... We'll give we'll give Wem one for getting three. What for getting three out of four? For three out of four. Yeah, we'll yeah losing draw. Mark, Mark losing draw. Come on. We, oh, get, we gave one. you half first. Yeah, so then you get three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half then. Okay, we'll give Wem one and a half then. You just pump them up for the next. Well, well, well that's uh, just uh, yeah. shock to league scoring system. Okay, no, yeah. So. One and a half. That was eleven answers. Right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Three teams ended up leaving the Shropshire Cricket League during the season this year. Can you name the three? You've also got 20 seconds to discuss. Yeah, Okay, time stops. So who are you going to go for as your three? I just told you, Hornet, Pamplo, Timberton. <laughs> <laughs> and three, and... Um, Instock. Instock. Okay, I so... I don't think Hornet went. I'm surprised at this one because you've only got two. Yeah, because Josh is a badger. So you've got <laughs> Hinstock and Priest, yeah. which were correct. But the, the other side was a side that ended up merging with a Division One club. You finished bottom. Division one. Elgin and Osmond. Osmond. Oh, Everton. Oh, Everton. Did they start the season? Yeah. How many games did they play at the start of the season? Not quite sure. But anyway, Overton are out. I'm sure someone on Twitter, if I'm wrong, will tell me anyway. Yeah, well, you've got one and a half. What? How is that one? Cool. So, going into the next round. We have the Cow Corner podcast team on three and Wem on three and a half. So we now move on to our second round, which is general cricketing ignorance, which is going to be questions about just anything to do with cricket in general. So, um, when, as you were put into bat, uh, we're going to ask you first. So, Somerset and England legend Marcus Trescothic announced his retirement from all forms of cricket, but which Somerset star has recently been signed for the Brisbane Heat? You've got 10 seconds. Do, oh, do we need to say it or not? Uh, the end of 10 seconds. Tom Banton. There you go. Good. Fantastic. That's a classic. Yeah, I didn't know that. It reminds me a lot about myself. <laughs> I, uh, when I was younger, I did a wicket keeping thing at Warwickshire and he was there. And what I remember of him was he had these wicket keeping gloves with like half a palm ripped off them. And he was just like chewing on the end of one of the palms whilst one of the guys was talking. I was like looking at the guy going, who the fuck is 
<laughs> and now I'm watching the telly going, ah, I see that lad was He's just got in England as well. Yeah. Yeah. Teach my yeah. squad for New Zealand. Yeah. He is a jet. Okay, podcast boys. <clears throat> <laughs> Sounds like a really shit. <laughs> Boy band. <laughs> Sounds like a cheap ma- uh, magic mic. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast was. <laughs> Alright, so podcast lads. Uh Ben Stokes was again in the headlines as he was picked ahead of Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow for the heavenly based 100 franchise. But what is their name? 10 seconds to think about it. Don't get me started on popping teams' names. This is a proper badgery, proper badgery com- question here. <laughs> Former England T20 player Reese Topley has recently been in the news after turning down a contract from Sussex. But which county side has he signed for? I'll give you ten seconds. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> This one is easy. You should get this one, lad. No, we're going to go away, please. Okay, so. Which former England cricketer played for Papua New Guinea in the 2012 ICC World T20 qualifiers in UAE? You've got 10 seconds. Can you repeat the question, please? Which former England cricketer played for Papua New Guinea in the T20 in the 2012 World T20 qualifiers in the UAE? You're going to keep this open. You've got five seconds. Just think. Don't just actually don't think about the year. I'll give you another five seconds. Don't worry about being two and a half points behind because it all goes down to the final round anyway. So, now, all that's going to happen here is 
is that I want you to, I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to either order or put the three names down and you will have a minute with your partner, well no, I'll give you 30 seconds for the first two and then a minute for the final question to decide on your answer. Okie doke. So, the first question is, the Barbados Tridents recently won the Caribbean Premier League, but can you, can you name the three Englishmen who played for them? You've got 20 seconds, you've got 30 seconds here. No, no, hang on. Oh, it's all on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Oh, Jesus. I'm on Instagram. Feel free to play at home at this point. I can't think of the third. I can't think of the third. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first might be wrong. No, the first try. Okay, you've got five seconds remaining. We'll go with that one. Yeah. It's got to be. Okay, cool. Oh, so, so I've taken that's both right. sheets. Right. Taken both sheets off both teams. So you've both got two. You've both yes, got two right. right. That's what was right. <laughs> you've <laughs> both got two right. The answer is the three players who play for the Barbados Tridents are Alex Hales, which yeah. you both had. Phil Salt, which you both had. Because after, the, he, after the time where I got that one. But. Because he, uh, <laughs> he was on holiday in Mexico City, apparently, or something, and then got oh. called up and then was out third ball duck or something. Like and uh, <laughs> the final player, who neither of you got, um, T20 specialist bowler, who has been said that he looks like Alan from Accounts, is Harry Gurney. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh. I saw it on Hell's yeah. Instagram, literally, this week, yeah. Okay, doke. So you both get put, two put, points put, each. Did you put oh, a third name? Yeah, yeah, put Chris Jordan. No, we put Archer. <laughs> Next question. Order these players in number of ODI wickets, starting with the highest. Yeah? So the highest at the top, lowest at the bottom. There are four players. The players are Darren Goff, Shane Warne, Sanath Jayasuriya, and Kirby Ambrose. You have got 30 seconds from now. I'm going to show them what I reckon. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. <clears throat> So, what have, what have you gone for, Cal Corner? Let's read them out. Who have you gone for? Uh, we've gone for Warren, number one, um, Ambrose, number two, Goff, number three, and Jai Saria, number four. And when, boys? What have we've we gone for? for Jai Saria, Goff, Warren, and Ambrose. Oh, I should actually yeah. mm. So, the correct order is Samath Jai Saria in first with 323. ODI yeah. career wickets. One point he, played about, he played about <laughs> four million years worth of ODI. <laughs> Shane Warne in second place with 293 oh, wickets. We're only one place actually. In third place, Darren Goff with yes. 235. Yes. Two points. And ten points behind 
Kirby Ambrose with 225 wickets. So, when you've got two, podcast, you've got one. Okay, so here it comes. So, going into the final question. Oh, did you just put on an extra one? No, we just put it on one. All right, okay. I trust you. So, podcast. I'm pretty sure we're two and a half points ahead. Four, six, seven. So, podcast. Going into the final question. Next goal wins. You have seven. When you have one, two, nine and a half. Thank you very much, Joss. So, nine and a half plays seven. Going into the final question, I have the egg timer with me. You will need your sheets of paper. It all goes down to the last question. Okay, so. Since August 2012, England have had 18 openers since Andrew Strauss has retired. Can you name all 18? Ready? Oh, 18. The 18 openers since Andrew Strauss retired for England. People have opened the batting for England since Andrew Stouse retired. There are 18 of them. Oh, name. Just, so, anyone, anyone who's opened the batting okay. for England since Andrew Strauss retired in August 2012, any player who's opened the batting in Test cricket for England, right, that's too much. No, but he's England test openers. England test openers. Strauss died in August 2012. Can you name them? Why did they tour? When did they tour? No, You've got to pick 18. Yeah, next one. Yeah, that's definitely one. Then they went to. I may give you more than a minute. This is quite a lot of people. I'll give you two minutes. Well, that's the first minute up. We've got another one. Oh, 2016. So, hold on. I'm now. I'm back. You're in. only allowed. To, you can only put down a maximum of 18. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was Nobed's name? Come back for shit. Okay, you've got about 30 seconds remaining. Superstar, by the way, though. Oh, yes! Did it? Yeah. When? Uh, you've got to know when he did it. Oh, um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, actually, 30 seconds of maybe. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15. 
Swap sheets, swap sheets. Who else we got about 13? 12, 13. You're going to have to read mine. So, I'm going to read them out. So, the 18 English openers to have opened the batting for England since Strauss retired in 2012. Obviously, the easiest one is Alistair Cook. Serve Alistair Cook. One. Yeah, we got that half. After. As well as him, the first one to try was Nick Compton. Uh, he had a bit of order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking through tours and yeah. Nah, you didn't get that one, did you? After him was Joe Root. That's a great show, got that. Right, yeah. Got yeah. After him was Michael Carberry. After that was Sam Robson. You know that badger question earlier. <laughs> <laughs> After that was Jonathan Trott. No, we haven't got Trott. After that was Moeen Alley. That wasn't in order. One game wonder was Joss Butler. We got that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we said Butler. I'm sure we did. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Butler were great. Show. Run chase. After Josh Butler, it was a run chase in the UAE. He won game. After that, Alex Hales. Yeah, he got it first. Yeah, After Alex Hales is his new teammate, Ben Duckett. Ah, yeah, Duckett. After that, the man who's just been released from Lancashire. After that, someone who hasn't been released by Lancashire, <laughs> Keaton Jennings, Jennings. his opening partner in that ill-fated tour of Australia, Mark Stoneman. Oh, yeah. oh good check. Oh, I was bloody there as well. After that, <laughs> after, after that, Joe Denley. No. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a, I, oh, I told you to put deadly. Oh, yeah, no, there it is. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. It's me. I'm learning to read still. Jason Roy. And finally, man of the hour, Jack Leach. Leach, yeah. Roger Leach. Well, looks about level to me, though. Have we said Rory yeah. Burns as well? Oh, Burns. Rory Burns as well. I think I've missed him out. And, and you missed out Lyle. Adam Lyle. Yeah, <laughs> missed out Adam Lyle. Missed Lyle well. that. So Adam Lyde. So going going through them from the start. Alistair Cook, Nick Compton, Joe Root, Michael Carberry, Sam Robson, Jonathan Trott, Adam Lyde, Moeen Ali, Alex Hales, Ben Duckett, Hasiba Mead, Keaton Jennings, Mark Stoneman, Joe Denley, Rory Burns, Jason Roy. Joss Butler and Jack so Leach. No Johnny Bairstow. No Johnny Bairstow. No Gary Valance. No, no, neither of them are open in the back. So. He's got three. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we've won. Let's total up the score. 15, they got. They got 15? Yeah. Fantastic. 15 out of 18. 13 out of 18. 13 out of 18. Hey, absolutely fantastic. And I think. And that ends it. And all that leaves me to say is, well done, guys. And sadly, Joss, 
you've come away from when defeated again. However, <laughs> you have got thirteen points this time. So <laughs> losing draw. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having us. All the best. Hopefully, my uh, podcast career takes off now. The <laughs> <laughs> great cricketer, please call me. <laughs> I bet you can hear that. That'd be brilliant. brilliant. So, so the season may have started, but that isn't going to stop us. We're now going to go on to our indoor previews of the season, and we're going to start with the Wheatland Indoor League, or the layman's term, the Sundawn Indoor League. So, Joss, as someone who's been involved with all the indoor leagues, but quite heavily involved with the Sundawn Indoor League, uh, tell us a bit more about if anyone hasn't listened to the first two episodes, episode one and two, uh, about what the indoor cricket's about and about the Wheatland Sundorn Indoor League, please. Okay, so the Sundorn Indoor League is unique in that it's two divisions of six. As uh, one team goes up, one team goes down every year. So last year, uh, Kund got relegated and Shelton got promoted. We're already two games in in Division One, but one game in Division Two. Um, early signs are. That's, well, Beacon are top at the moment. So they've had two very good wins. Um, I suspect that Grasshoppers will take a lot of beating. Grasshoppers, they have won the league for the last, I don't know how many years. Seven, seven years. They, or had, a, they had a fantastic it, really. run last year in the indoor competition. They actually mm. got to Lords when they lost in the semi-final, but they had a mm. tremendous, tremendous run. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm actually their scorer, so I, I got to go to Lords with them, which was Brilliant. a great experience. Um, my own side, Grasshoppers B, who are also in the top flight at the moment, are struggling this year. I've lost um, two my two opening batsmen. Seem to have lost the love, unfortunately, which could have a heavy effect on our performance. Um, we've played two, lost two so far. Mm. Um, we're just above Frankton because we've got more bonus points. Mm. Um, Shelton seem to have adapted okay. They beat us, albeit on the mm. last ball. Um, and Willie's the other team in the in the top flight. So it'll be for a betting man now I predict Grasshoppers will win that mm. at a counter. Um I think the relegation battle will be will be involved in it, I suspect. I hope not, but I suspect it will be. Um with maybe well, look at the league table now, Franks and mm. Willie, I don't know, but um Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely gonna be interesting, especially in yeah. Division One, I think. Division 2 is a little bit different, but we'll get onto that in a minute. But yeah, the Sundown Indoor League has been going on, well, the Wheatland Indoor League anyway, has been going on since 1977. Yeah. And um, Andy, what would you say for someone who's never, if some, if you're talking to someone who's never played indoor cricket before, how would you summarise it? What are the differences between normal cricket and what would what, <coughs> what is it that you enjoy about the indoor? I've got to say, it's, it's really quick. It's such a fast game. It's an hour of very, very intense cricket. Um, you, you've got a shortened run-up, obviously. Um, it's um, as I say, it's just it's just so quick. Twelve overs. It, it's side, difficult. Yeah. It's twelve overs a side. In Sundorn, um, actually, a couple of leagues have changed and become the same. But uh, a wide is two runs um, because it's to try to get the game done quicker. Because obviously, if there no, is extra ball, yeah, yeah, you don't re-ball the extra ball, which makes it a lot quicker game. But um, yeah, it's 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 a unique game. It's it's really difficult. You've got to really have a strategy your opening batsman have to have a role you retire at 25 so you have to sort of we call it the hutch you get two in the hutch 
at the start, and then the lads can start running. If you hit the wall and run, uh, a run is two. If you hit the wall, it's three. Uh, and that's sort of the way to go. Obviously, the back walls mm. are six and four, but they're a lot harder to hit. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's a unique mm. game. I, I think it's brilliant. And we were just talking about the Wheatland indoor. And when I first started as a kid, I was, I was only young. I started playing for Grasshoppers and Alberbury were the team. They were the team to beat. They were phenomenal. And I've got to say, to our frustration, Grasshoppers, who have, have won all the leagues for a number of years now, um, Alberbury were unbeatable in mm. Much Wenlock when it was run at the Much Wenlock League. And we, we never beat them. We couldn't beat them. Mm. We just couldn't do it. They were fantastic. And they were just a team of, of players that just had their own roles and they knew the hall, and they used every little trick in the book, and they were brilliant. They were really good, mm. and that's sort of what Grasshoppers have become now at Sundawn. And mm. yeah, and this this Division One, it's a, it's a good league, mm. um, and and it's going to be interesting actually. I think Shelton mm. Shelton will do pretty well, but I think Beacon will give us a good run for the money mm. this year. So yeah, it's going to be a good league. So as so, so we've mentioned that there's a shorter run up, but um, as a batsman, it's slightly different, Jamie. And how would you say that? indoor helps you would you say it helps you in your preparations for the outdoor season do you think it helps you as a cricketer all round just keeping yourself in maybe uh, as a batsman personally no mm. because I'm the type of batsman that likes to play straights to play on the drive and I think indoor a lot of the it's time it's, wrist it's about wrist yeah, it's yeah. about hitting the ball behind square yeah. where in terms of keeping your eye in over the winter yeah, oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. And, and, and playing behind square is often on back foot yeah, yeah. it's not something that yeah. is encouraged in division one outdoors because mm. of the decks you're, you're almost encouraged to play on yeah. the front foot so actually from from a personal point of view it's slightly different obviously there are advantages mm. like you said it keeps you in nick and you're still playing the same shots um i think it depends what league you play in but you play in uh some of the other leagues and we'll go on about it in a moment but like Ponsbury you can play more in the V you can hit straighter where there's a bit less bounce in Sundorn obviously there is a lot of bounce yeah. so you're right although what I would say this season is that we're playing with these red balls in um, Sundorn yeah oh it's harder to see I think and well, I've got to be honest yeah. I know you I know you, the reason you, I've, yeah I know what the yeah, reason the is reason you, you've done it yeah I know what yeah. I know yeah you've done it it's, it's not just yeah, about you it's about everybody and for me, whose eyesight is not the best... Yeah, it is difficult. That ball is a lot darker than the yellow ball that we used in previous seasons. Yeah. And personally, I don't like it. It's swinging I, f- I found it so hard to yeah. see. I don't even even yeah. taking a real Field, easy catch, Fielding and batting. I, 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 I played against Grasshoppers the other day. I faced one of their mediocre bowlers. I had no problems <laughs> whatsoever. Um, it was only when the, Don Bradburn came on that he got into trouble. I had, a, te- I had a text off Ross. Taking, saying thank you Andy with a bruise the size of a beach board on his leg which I quite enjoyed but yeah um, so it, 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 indoor cricket it has its own kind of niche its own little techniques doesn't it really yeah, um, yeah. and its own little differences that you've got to kind of improve um, as Josh gets his trousers down to show us his bruise yeah. <laughs> I'll hurt him I'll hurt him no, I'm, um, happy I'm happy with that I'll take that but no I think it's a fantastic thing and um, it's great camaraderie and it's great because I think the differences between outdoor as well is you kind of you get to see the same people on the indoor mm. circuit and you kind of become friends with them as well and yeah. it's a great way to mix with other people that you yeah. wouldn't normally mix with in the outdoor season. And talking yeah. talking about shots, by the way, and like um, playing behind square quite a lot. I think for a cricketer that does play like Jamie in the V, it does benefit you in the season in the long term. I think it can benefit you a little mm. bit because you've got to change your game and it's mm. it's interesting to see some players. 
I do love seeing it actually. Seeing some players that play outdoor, if they come mm. into indoor and I'm bowling against them, to really test them out. And I mean, like the likes of Ryan Locker, who plays for the Beacon side, uh, bowling at him, if, uh, uh, it was last season. I, I went for about 12 runs off three overs and he showed so much respect. But he just said after he goes, you just bowled that lovely length. And he, and he was sort of leaving me. And, and it, 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 it showed complete respect. But it's completely different indoor, isn't it, mm. to outdoor, yeah. where if you get it right indoor, it can be really difficult as a so, batsman. So it, as, as a bowler then, do you find that there's any, like what I was saying to Jamie, do you find as a bowler that there's anything that you can take forward into your cricket or is it just more the, a case of just keeping your arm turning over? I think obviously it's all about your lengths indoor, lengths and lines, uh, which is same as outdoor really, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously you can't bowl a bouncer because there's no, uh, in the rules of indoor cricket, there's a middle line. If you bowl behind, it's a no ball. Mm. which takes the bouncer out not that I'm quick enough to bowl bouncers but um, I think yeah there is obviously there's a strategy in all cricket on all pitches that you look at you go and have a little knock at the pitch if you know what you're doing or you don't know what you're doing you have a look you, you look at the pitch and you think right this is the length I've got a bowl and you bowl it don't you mm. so and, yeah. and just on, on the Sundorn where we said it's more bouncier than some of the other Much venues we play yeah, at yeah, yeah, I think in terms of Division 1 outdoor is a lot stronger now mm. you know I'm facing players like Dan Kersley at Bridge North, I yeah. don't know if you're aware of him, left arm over, who is, you know, and Sammy Griff, both very yeah, quick, yeah. quick bowlers for Division yeah. 1. It actually sort of, you can get used to it a little bit more. So actually the shots, so I'm always backtracking on what I've said, but the shots that you are playing off the back foot yeah. indoor are helping you against the quicker bowlers in Division well, 1. I think so. But that's because Division 1 has got stronger because of yeah. obviously the Birmingham League mm. clubs yeah. coming down. So, Joss, if you were to say one thing about someone who's thinking about playing indoor, what would you... What would you say is the main things that you would kind of encourage them to join in? Because there are lots of clubs who have even started playing. There are lots of clubs, you know, there's six teams in in the Sundorn League. There are lots of other teams who play in other leagues. And mm -hmm. they're always looking for new players and always yeah. looking for new teams. And, you know, the stronger we can make indoor cricket, the better. And it's it will improve other clubs as well because it keeps keeps people ticking mm -hmm. over and it keeps the Badgers interested as well. Actually, we're trying to do a big job in getting youngsters involved now as well because... It's very important, obviously, to get the youngsters coming through. So if, if anyone out there, well, regardless of your age, get in touch with the podcast. I'll, I'll sort you out. I know there's yeah. a few clubs are struggling because you, you need mm. eight or nine to have a team of six because mm. obviously not mm. everyone's available every week. So mm. um, yeah. Well, we've touch. we've made a B team in the yeah, Sunderland League great. Beacon, yeah. and and I think I don't think it's an official policy, but generally there will be two under mm. 16, 17 year olds. Yeah, um, yeah, in the team. Good. Well, I know Colin are interested in which is picking a team, fantastic. aren't they? Colin Colin wants to yeah. I think, I think, I think just, Adam Phillips yeah. as well. If you know Adam Phillips, get in contact with him because yeah. he's he, and Simon Dodds does. Yeah. Simon Dodds does the other league, and they're kind of in charge of make. If they're always interested in other teams, definitely, like definitely get in touch now as well. I would say because mm. it sounds silly. I know it's the start of the indoor season, but you know, thinking about next season. Mm. You could you can get in there. So obviously get hold of a league and see if they can and squeeze see if they can squeeze you in. And it's definitely worth it because mm. it's uh, or even just or even just podcast. I, I do yeah. not brave. But I do know all the captains of all the teams in Wheatland, so I can put in the right direction. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah get in con get in contact with us at the podcast, or alternatively, you can just Google Wheatland Indoor League, Reekin Indoor League, or any of the other indoor leagues, yeah. and you can have a look at some of the teams and get in contact with them that way. But anyway, let's move on to our Division 1 and keep on with our prediction here. So, in Division 1, we've got Beacon, Grasshoppers A, last season's 
winners and also winners national well. national finalists and cup winners. Yeah. You got Shelton in there. Games last year. We got uh, <laughs> Willie and Grasshoppers B, who actually beat Grasshoppers A, didn't you, Josh, last season? The only did, team yeah. to beat us, I think. Yeah, I think we did. And and Frankton. Um, so nice and quick. What are our thoughts? Um, Shelton, they won our league last season. Us being Alberbury in Division Two, so I think they'll do all right. It'd be quite interesting to see how they do. What depends do it depends who, who turns out for them. I mean, Ben Chambers, very very good player anyway. Mm. Um, Connor Cheshire seems to be regular now. Uh, last year, I think Sam Griffiths and Dean Suter put in a couple of appearances for them. Yeah, they played. If they if they play a handful of games for them, they'll they'll, mm. they'll challenge. We've already played Cheltenham mm. um, last week. Um, we just came out on the right end, I think by about fifteen runs or so. I think you mentioned Ben Chambers. I think he's a very good indoor yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. He gets a lot of wickets. Yeah, he gets a lot of balance. I mean, runs. he was capable or culpable. Sorry, he was culpable of two or three, maybe even four run-outs in that game, I've got to be honest. But he is a, a very good indoor batsman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's key. I actually, I mean, you mentioned Griffin mm-hmm. Suits. I, I don't think they'll play that much. Yeah. But I think Ben, I think Chambers, ben Chambers is key. Is key. To our team, yeah. um, and they've got some good players, absolutely. He, he was key last season, to be honest. And um, who are the main players for you at Beacon then, uh, Jamie? Who do you think? Um, our openers, obviously Lockley and Yuri. I think Yuri's come on, hasn't he? Yeah, Yuri has. He hasn't Definitely. started the season. He hasn't started the season as well as he perhaps would have liked. I think Lockley has actually run him out on two occasions. Um, well, Lockers, <laughs> which I, which I know Yuri's not particularly happy about. Suffering Yuri, but you know. um, I think those two are key at the top of the order. I know Mike Turner will be hoping for a few more runs this winter than he did last winter. I don't think last winter was his best. Good player, Mike. Um, he's, well. he's, come he's, come he's come off a good summer He's come off a good summer as well. He works hard. Don't he? You can tell he's a he's busy a cricketer. Yeah, he's a busy lad and he's top lad as well. He'll, 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 be, he'll be important for us if we're going to sort of probably challenge Grasshoppers grasshop in particular um, and, and maybe Shelton as well. I think I think Mike will be key. Mm. And then myself and Yuri with the ball, um, I think... I think we sort of try to sort of lead that bowling attack mm. with with Lee Pickford complimenting it as well. Mm. Um, I think we've got. I th- I th- I'll be honest. I think we've got a good side. I think we've got a decent chance so, of. <coughs> just said, looking right. at that other half of the table, given mm. that we've looked at Beacon, we've obviously talked about Grasshoppers and their strength. You know, mm. they've got a well a, a, a nationally good side. You know, mm. they made yeah. the finals last season with players like Joe Yap, Craig Heath. Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards. AJ. AJ. Ian Simmons. And, and Ian Simmons. And Ed they've Davis. Got, they've got Don Bradman. Yeah, Don Bradman. And Ed Davis. And Ed Davis. They've got a fantastic set up there. We do, we do actually play our national side mm. in Sundorf. Yeah. Do, 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 do you play with that? That is the league we actually... Mm. I'm actually captain now, by the way. Um, thank you very much. We um that's the team that's that the team we, we play from. I think, so yeah, I think you've got to look at it and say it. if anyone finishes above Grasshoppers A, they are they are the champions really. If anyone beats them, yeah, yeah. You, um, I tell you, bring it on. We're up for it. It's great. It's nice to have teams pushing us. We we always like that. Mm. There's mm. nothing nothing worse than having a, a nice easy run in a season. So bring yeah, Josser, looking at the other half of the table mm. so far, got Willie, yourselves. Grasshoppers B and uh, yourselves being Grasshoppers B mm-hmm. and Frankton uh, what are your thoughts on those three sides where do you think they'll end up do you think it'll stay as it is um, or do you reckon it'll I don't know as I said before I hate to say it I think we're going to struggle this year because we've lost our two opening batsmen we have acquired Dan Walker young good, lad good player. he's a very very good batsman and a good keeper mm. so I'm delighted that we got him 
So Willie, Willie, um, very strong opening batsman. They've got Stuart Walters and Scott Ferber. Mm. Scott also bowls Both a very tight Quat, line. by the way. Both from Quat cricket club now. Yeah. Yeah, but Scott Scott Ferber bowls a very tidy line, never gives anything away. Yeah. Um, Tom Mulder, Rich Plant, they're they're a decent side. Mm. Uh, I don't know there's much between us and them. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. We so far we've played the top two. Mm. So, talking of talking of tidy lines, what team do you think Matt Matt Cliff's going to be playing in this season? Is he playing Beacon Grasshoppers or Beacon, Grasshoppers B? What on a Monday? He's yeah. already played for us. He's, he's, oh, he's, so he's playing for Beacon. He, yeah. he doesn't play for Grasshoppers in Sundle, never has done. He was captain. He was captain for He's captain last in, year. in the Mary yeah. Webb last year for uh, for Grasshoppers, but now Joe's taken back mm. over and uh, yeah, he decided to drop out a day before mm. uh, last week. So, you know, it's classic Cliffy, isn't it? So mm. we've picked him up. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and, and Frankton, going back to your question, it? Frankton. Oh, okay. Not surprised. They, they, they shouldn't be bottom. Yeah, they've got yeah. Jordan Parry consistently scores runs for them. Lovely guy. They've got a Keeper, good side, Frankton, haven't they? Good team. Um, look at Stu Lammy, who's as quick as anything I've seen indoor. Mark yeah, Lammy. Horrible, Gilrenia. horrible facing Tom Wilkie hits the ball hard. Yeah. You know, but, well, Tom didn't play against them. We've already played Frankton. Tom, yeah, Tom didn't play. I don't think he's played yet. It was, their, it was their batting that probably let them down a little bit. Anyway, let's move on to Division 2 in the Wheatland Indoor League. And, yeah, so... We've got Alverbury Cricket Club, uh, Condover, Kund, Beacon, Kai Glass and Stretton. So that's Beacon B, obviously. And uh, so far, Alverbury top, Condover second, Kund in third, Beacon fourth, Kai Glass fifth, Church Stretton sixth. And that's after only one game. But, so if you were you called Alverbury, you'd be third. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's been a, been a good start to the season. And I think, talking about Alverbury, we've got very much a, a settled side. From last season, we've got myself, Mark Jones, Steve Jarrett, um, who are, who were all in the team last season, and oh, we 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 only finished uni. one point. We finished one point behind Shelton last season. We just For missed anyone, out on always a bridesmaid, aren't yeah. They? Yeah, uh, we came really. very close. Well, no, I think last season we really actually tried. We actually tried to, we actually tried to go for this it. Not this that year we could be all year. I and, think. Um, I think It'd be between you and Kunda. Yeah, I think Kunda are a good mm. side. Kunda is strong. I, th- you know I, watched, what, I think yeah. Condover, Condover with the team. We only lost twice last season. We only lost twice, or did we lose yeah, once? No, you beat Shelton twice. We beat Shelton. Yeah. We beat Shelton twice. Who went up last season? But we lost to Condover, and Condover were the only team we lost to. And I think now it's going to be between us three. I think. I think Beacon. I don't. I've not played them, so I don't know. Kai, I, Glass I st- Kai, I Glass, last Kai Glass last season actually gave us our hardest game of the season. Mm. We've got Gary Davis on those decent. Oh, serious bowler. And they've Gary got Davis. they've got Stuart oh, Ayres as well. Beating Stratton, they gave us a all right game, you know. And they're they're bringing through a few youth players, I think, and with Peter Lee as their captain as well. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Kunda like. I think they're going to probably be the fa- you would say are the yeah. favourites. I'd, I'd say I'd right. say they'd Condover possibly second. I think we'd find ourselves third favourites. I, I actually think I'm under the opinion that I think looking I went to umpire the other night, Condover Beacon, and Beacon gave him a really good game. Mm. It was a really it, no, it was a really good game. And I I tell you what, it took a really good effort from Condover mm. with the bat. They Beacon got a decent total. Nothing mm. amazing, but they got a decent total. And um mm. and Condover it, it took a few good sixes. Um, mm. I, I don't actually... I, no offence, I don't know who he was, but uh, one of their players that plays from... I've, I've only played against him once. I don't, I don't actually know his name. But he hits a couple of lovely sixes on Condover the penultimate over. Uh, Condover to, to win the game. And it was one of them where 
you know, a couple of wickets there, mm. you know, it could have gone the other way, but yeah. I thought B can play really well. A couple of good youngsters, and yeah, yeah it was. Well, like like I said, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know much about Beacon than yeah. being a new side, so I don't really know. But if they're pushing Condover, then yeah. they're obviously going to be a team to beat. But Overbury, we lost, we lost Lava Jones, big loss at the end of the season. She was the leading wicket taker. She was leading wicket taker in Division Two. Yeah, she's going to be a massive loss because she also got lots of runs and she batted in, batted at three last season. Uh, but the good thing is we've still got Mark and Stevie who have been fantastic. We've also lost our opening bowler, uh, Paul Wilkes, who's out due to a back injury. But uh, Albury, we've uh, we've recruited from the outdoor team. We've got uh, Tommy Haig. Tommy Haig and Zem Zaza, who Ooh, is Zem. Uh, at Zem Zaza opening up the season with a four-wicket haul. An absolutely fantastic shift. Um, but no, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the season goes with them. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting season and we're going to keep you updated with what's going on. So if you are interested in playing indoor or you are interested in raising a team for one of the divisions next season or anything else to do with indoor, please get in touch get and in let touch, us know yeah. and we will be going through it throughout the season. There's a website as well, which uh, if you Google Weekland Indoor Cricket League, I do update it every, every fortnight with the results. Mm. So we move on to the Recon Indoor League and it's one that, to be honest, I, I don't really know too much about because I'll probably don't put a side out, but um, two leagues and Andy, you're a member of, well, you've played in that league and we're about to give us the lowdown because actually there's quite a few clubs in the Shropshire Pyramid who play in the Recon Indoor League. Yeah, it was a, a new experience a couple of years ago when we, we come into play it. Um, we decided we wanted to, as a club, this is Grasshoppers, uh, join the, the Rekin League uh, to pretty much um, annihilate the option of a county um, finals day, um, which used to be either, well, it was either a round robin if it was only the three leagues, but if it was four leagues, it was semi-final final. Um, so we entered the league. And there is there is two leagues in there. It's a, a bit different for rules. There is a few different rule changes. Mm. It's a different hall. It's a, it's a fairly big hall. Mm. Uh, the back wall is a big netting. Mm. If you hit the roof, you're out, as usual. Mm. But there is a certain line. Uh, in a couple of leagues, you hit the roof, you're out. Um, no, it's all the leagues now. Yeah, it's yeah. All, all the leagues. Sorry, after when folded. Um, all the leagues, you hit the roof, you're out. But in that league, if you hit over the second line on the walls... You're out as well. There's also a balcony you can hit up into. If you hit up in the balcony, you're out. Uh, the back wall, as, as I say, is a netting. If you hit over the netting, which doesn't necessarily mean you hit the roof, mm. you're still out. Um, but it's it's funny because the netting's on the back wall. If you hit around the fielders, you, you, if you'd know more if you play indoor cricket. And if you don't know indoor cricket, it's quite... It's mm. quite different. If you hit around the back, you can hit it into a netting. It can get stuck in a netting. You can run. Um... But it's it's an interesting league, and uh, the teams this year, um, we've been put in a sector of All Brighton, who we played in the final last year. Mm. Uh, they won a very very good semi final against Shifnal last year. Um, in our other the other teams in our sector are uh, Shropshire Disabled, who are a good side, Lillishaw, who always play really well. Pretty much, I'd say mm. six of their first team is a good side, really mm. good indoor team. Um, we've also got Maidley and Bridge North. Uh, Bridge North, I don't know if Bridge North are new in the league. I'm not quite sure. I think they might be, you know. But um, yeah, that, that that's a pretty strong group. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that. Mm. In the other group, it's Newport Cricket Club, Forton, Wellington, Shifnal, who have a very very good indoor team, mm. St George's, 
And another Lillishaw side. So it's Lillishaw, it must be the B team. Yes, it's the B team. Um, so yeah, it's a very strong league. Uh, we, we've come in and thankfully we played really well in it and we have won it for the last two years in a row, but it took a super over the first year. Warfield, who I don't think are in it this year by the look of that. Um, Warfield really pushed us the first year. Mm. And we have been putting out a really good side. So, you know, it's it's a strong league. We moved there because we wanted to play strong cricket. And it is strong. It's a very mm. strong league. Is there much of a difference between the other leagues? How does it, how does it, how does it differ yeah, in, the, well, in the structure? Obviously, at Merriweather and um, Sundorn, both of the leagues have mats. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's a, a middle line on the mats. This league has a mat, but yeah. there's only half a mat. Oh, okay. So pretty much, if you pitch the ball in front of the mat, it's just a normal floor. So it can it can be quite quite nasty, to be honest with you. Is it no um, ball? Is it no ball? It's a no ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also have um, in that one there is a boundary that you mm. can't cross as a fielder. You've got to be. Uh, I I don't know how far it is. It's is it ten ten yards. Or something. I don't I don't know what it is. I I do I don't actually know the measurement. But they have cones in there to stop you getting too close to the mm. fielder, which is quite good, really, because obviously it's health and safety, probably. Mm. Um, but there is other rules in there that are completely different. Um, if you bowl a wide, it's uh, three runs, mm. right? And no extra ball. So it's quite ruthless on the wides, where the other leagues are two runs for the wides uh, with, with no extra ball bowled. Mm. Um, the other thing is, if you bowl a wide and it hits the back wall... Mm. it's five so it's it's really interesting they, they mm. do punish bad bowling so it's okay. I, think, I think it's quite good really because it does punish you as a bad bowler so you should think mm. that's quite good if mm. you punish I, think it's, I think it's good because you should bowl better so sure it's, you it's good. punished quite a lot but I, but <laughs> not him not him he's a uh, team of the year oh. <laughs> shut up my mate. next question is, is you were saying that you, you weren't describing them as different leagues but different Groups, so is it two different groups, and then the winners of each league play each other? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Or do you have to they, get promoted from one into another? No, I'm pretty group? sure they they mix it up. I think it, I don't know if it comes out of a hat or it's seeded. I'm not sure. Um, Lloydie sorts it out. I think he's. I don't know if he's sorting out still these days uh, from Wellington, but um, it's it's run really well, um, and it's pretty much for two leagues fighting mm. out, semi final final. Mm. Obviously, the top team from the one play the second in the other, top team from the other, and I think it's really good. And it, I tell you what, the finals are absolutely brilliant. Like it is really good cricket. It's it's tough cricket, so you know it's really enjoyable. Is there room for spectators to come and watch? There is. Things? That's the best thing about the balcony, see, because obviously in the balcony, it's 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 really big. The hall, mm. it's it's fairly long. Uh, I wouldn't say it's wide, but it's long and. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of, of room for spectators. So it's a very interesting watch, actually. It's quite a quick game again. Uh, you know, all these indoors, they are quite quick games, but this one just mm. seems to roll very quickly. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good. And they, yeah. I, I, you, know, you, just, miss, you might have already asked, do, do you play 12 overs? You play 11 overs. 11 overs. 11 overs, yeah. So with the play, like a final at the end between the two winners of the group. The two winners. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's the top of the group played... Second in the other oh, group. Okay. It's Semi final final. I told you that. Oh, and right, and I've got to, I've got to be honest with you, it was, it was probably the toughest semi final I probably played in against Warfield. Mm. Such a tough game. So it's really good. It's really the hardest good. of the four indoors, you'd say, probably? Uh, I'd say it's pretty similar 
to Sundawn. But I would say when you play the finals, mm. it, it, it's pretty tough. Okay. It's pretty tough. And I mean, I've got to say, I, I thought Schiffnall last year were going to push us. Mm. But unfortunately, they got knocked out to All Brighton. And All Brighton had a. I think mm. uh, Simo was injured. And Does Jack Edwards play Sheffield? Uh, Jack Edwards plays for us, actually. Mm. He played for us last year, whether or not he'll still play for I don't know. I'm pretty sure he plays for us, which is obviously massive. So, with some big teams like Wellington, St George's, Sheffield, Newport, you know, yourselves, and then you've also got Bridge North, and then you've got other sides who are high up in the... Yeah. Maidley and other teams, Shropshire Disabled, and you've got side. other sides. All the other yeah. sides are in, like, Division 1 or Division 2. Who are you expecting to be in those semi-finals and finals this year? Who do you predict? Obviously, I'd like to see ourselves because obviously, um, being a winners from last year, it's it, it's nice to have all Brighton in our league because they mm. were the ones that played us in the finals last year. Mm. Um, and obviously, if all Brighton would have beat us last year, they'd have had to play us in a Shropshire Cup game to yeah. see who plays in the nationals, um, which only Actor Reynolds have done this year. Um, so um, it's yeah, it's it's good to have them in our league to see how good they really are. In, in a league season. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the other... Well, in our one, I would say you've got ourselves all prime. Maybe they can chuck a good side in. Shropshire Disabled are a good team. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know how good Bridge North are going to be. I, I think they're new, actually, because I think Warfield have dropped out and they've come in mm. because I can't remember them being in it. So Bridge North could be a wild card there. I'm going to put it out there and say Grasshoppers and Bridge North. All right. And in the other league? I don't even know what they're like. In the other league, Lillishaw, I would have thought... And Schiffnell. Okay. St. George's will push them, I think. Mm. Yeah. But there's a lot of youngsters in the league. There's some real good young sides mm. in there, I tell you. And anyway, let's move on to our final indoor league and then our conclusion. Okay, so we move on to our final league, uh, which contains Acton Reynolds, Beacon, Grasshoppers, Montgomery, Aubrey A. Well, Montgomery A, sorry. Condover, Calypsos, Condover, Montgomery B and Aubrey B in the Mary Webb League. And everyone's played one game except Alberbury B. But yeah, um, last season it was a it was a league of two halves, and Acton Reynolds ended up coming out on top, and Alberbury A did all right. Montgomery A were also up there, and Beacon were also up there as well, as along with Condover. Um, but yeah, what are our thoughts? Where do we? What do we think is going to happen this season? Josser, do you I, think? I think there's going to be three or four teams battling out this year. I think yeah. Acton Reynolds will be up there again. Grasshoppers, always, always strong. So look out for them. Beacon with the likes of Jamie Martindale, Ryan committed, Lockley. Committed. Ryan Lockley, they're going to be good. Um, Montier, again, always a strong outfit. Aaron Roughcock, Andy Barker at the top of the order. Yep. Mm. Um, Charlie Kinsey coming on the youngster as well. Mm. They're good. And Aubrey. And Aubrey. Aubrey have got they massive signed. Alex Johnson. Oh, what's a massive signing? If you've got Alex Johnson and Mark James in the same team, that's impressive. You're going to do well. Although having said that, they played one, lost one. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's it will, <laughs> they, they it'll, come. it'll come. It'll come. It'll yeah. come. They'll be up there towards the end, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's getting, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially see how um, Alex beds into the side yeah. and how the teams do. Um, what are your initial thoughts, uh, Jamie? Uh, I think I agree wholeheartedly with Joss. I think, I mean, like you said, you know, a lot of teams have only played one game, but I think the top four who all won, and as you said, Obelberry lost, I think those five are going to be battling yeah, out. I fully, yeah, I fully yeah, agree yeah. with everything you've said. 
Um, and I think it could be a really exciting title race. Yeah, yeah. I think it could yeah, be really yeah. exciting. Go down to the wire. Right. Right. Um, there looks to be some real good, experienced players mm. amongst all those sides. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you, after Christmas, I think it could get interesting. I really do. Mm. Yeah. So, Pontsby League. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops. And sadly, we've kind of run out of time tonight, but we will cover it more in detail as the weeks to come. So, as we mentioned, um, we're going to do a quick update on everything that's been going on indoors since we last spoke. And, yeah, so by the time this goes out, uh, the Recon Indoor will have start will be starting with Old Brighton playing Shropshire Disability at 6.30, then Grasshoppers versus Liddershaw and Maidley versus Bridge North. So, nothing really to talk about there, but we will later on, obviously, in later podcasts. So, um if people want to keep us updated with what's going on and let us have, have a chat with us about what's going on, please like DM us on Facebook or Twitter and just kind of give us a clue because apart from Andy, he's the only one who plays in it. Um, but yeah, moving on to leagues that we do know, um, the Pontsbury League has kind of gone two games in, Joss. Yeah, it's been a really good start. It's shaping up to be a really good league this year. I think there's four or five teams that could, uh, could be there or thereabouts at the end. Um, most of you probably know I play for Actimels in this league. We've we played two, we've won two. We had a really close encounter with Montgomery B last night as we go to press. Obviously, it'd be long ago now, but um, they've improved so much. It's really good to see. Um, great bunch of lads as well. Um, we struggled to be honest. We, we posted 100 and we, um, we lost two early wickets. AD Hudson, who always scores runs for us, went cheaply. Um, then I got some runs. Yes, you heard. I got some runs. <laughs> How many runs to get, Joss? Well, just 31. <laughs> but um, we, we scraped our way up to 124, and they were in it till there were four overs to go. They needed 40-odd, which is quite gettable with four wickets in hand. Um, but we had Andy Bolt two of those overs very cheaply and AD Hudson the other end. So we, we got through by 20-odd runs, but close game, and uh, good to see them coming on. But... You know, I think this year we've got AJ playing for Albury A. Eh? So you've got him. Alex and... Johnson. Sorry, for Alex those Johnson, who don't yeah. know who AJ is. Yeah. Very good player. Um, good friend of mine. Please don't bowl quickly at me, Alex. Um, <laughs> him and Mark Jones in the same team is going to. It's going to be. It's going to be a gun team, to be honest. And Zem Zaza. So it's Zem. Zaza Johnson. We're just missing Bath, Bath really. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Beacon. Beacon with Ryan Lockley, Jamie Martindale, Mike Turner. They're, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Grasshoppers never ever write them off, and apparently Craig Heath might be playing a few games for them at Ponsby, so they're going to be. Well, they're going to be hard to beat, to be honest. Yeah, they're going to be Mon- tough. Montier always there or thereabouts, always strong. Andy hey, they Barker. they beat they beat Aubrey in the first game of the season, yeah, didn't they? Uh, yeah, Quite convincingly, yeah. but Aubrey did have only five players in that game. Well, they did have six, six actually. Did they have yeah, six? Stuart Ayres' ah. steps, I think, played, but you know, not not really cricketer. Well, mind ah, okay. you, not Stu, so but. <laughs> Sorry, Stu. Um, hey, Stu got 25. Stu actually had some nice yeah. words to say about the podcast when I chatted to him on the other night. So, yeah, cheers for those, Stu. Glad that you're listening. So, yeah, I think Montier with, with um, Andrew Barker and Ruffcock, Rob Bennett, they, they're going to be strong. They're going to be strong. Yeah, so if you are a youngster and you are interested, yeah, definitely get involved. I mean, for me, I found doing indoor cricket over the winters helped me immeasurably because it keeps you and Nick and also, you know, you still have that chat. You hide it, it well. 
<laughs> you know, it keeps your eye in and it, it it helps bridge that gap between the season. And, you know, especially if you're a bit of a badger like most people who play indoor cricket mm. are. Um, to, to me, it's like netting. Yeah. You're netting every week, but yeah. every other week, whatever, yeah. Unless, unless it's me when you're normally netting for about four balls but um, yeah so it's been an interesting start to the Pontsbury and uh, we move on to Sundorn early signs are that Grasshoppers A are going to be very hard to beat again as captain Grasshoppers B we played them already and we were very much the wrong end of a very one-sided match mm. but Beacon also unbeaten Played 2-1-2. Two, two. We've got them on Monday. Mm. So that's not going to be easy. Quite interesting to see last season's Division 2 champions, Shelton up there in the top, yeah, top three as we, well. Yeah, we had a really close... We, we lost on the last ball to them, actually. Mm. My bad. I hate saying that expression, but we need to score four for the last ball and I only managed two. So we lost by one run. Oh, no. But great game of cricket. Um, good good bunch of lads, Shelton as well. So they beat us, then they lost to Beacon. Um, and you got Willie have won one, lost one. And ourselves and Frankton yet yet to register a win. So um, mm. I don't think we're going to have quite the same success that we had last year. We were runners-up last year. Mm. Um, can't say it happened again this year, but you never know. Mm. Um, and in terms of Division 2... Mm. Well, yeah, in Division 2, it's... Well, yeah. It's already looking like um, Kund, Kund are looking very, very strong. If they can yeah. keep the same six that they had playing on, um, on Monday... Tuesday... Tuesday, sorry, they're there against Condor. They're going to be, they're going to be there or thereabouts. And yourselves, Hurley, I hate to say it, Old Brew. Well, I don't mind Old Brew. It's just you, I. Think. <laughs> um, no, I'm also yeah. looking good. Play two one two, looking strong. Yeah, the the thing is though, it's like the differences between this season and last season. Last season we pushed Shelton all the way, and we only lost by a point. Is that this season? I don't think we're looking as strong with the bat. Last season we looked imperious with the bat and would. And were decent. Yeah, Mark with Jones them. and Steve Jarrett just basically didn't get out, did they? Yeah, and then me and Lava would come in and do like a quick bosh, few overs. Then you get Joan, Mark Jones and Steve Jarrett in, but we've not had that much, haven't had the same success this year really with the bat. And but your bogey team from last year, Condover, you haven't played yet. Yeah, so we've got we've got Kund ne- no Condover next, I think, and then we've got Condover and Kund in our next two games. Right, I can't so remember quite who's next, there. but. That's going to be a tough two games, and that's going to be that's going to really decide who who's going to go up. I think because yeah. if it's anything like last season, we've got to beat Condover really because they're yeah. our bogey team from last year. And no matter what anyone says, I still think that Condover, Kund, and ourselves are probably the three sides. Maybe I'd say having looked at the teams that have been. Mm. There's a close game between Church Stretton and just, Kai just Glass, actually, the other big night. Shout, big shout-out to um, Church Stretton, because um, they're, they're a massive win against Kai Glass. Mm. Big um, knock from Peter Lee, actually, that helped yeah, them win the game. Yeah, you well, know, Peter um, Lee is Mr. Church Stretton, isn't he? So. Yeah, Peter Lee, he was missing when we played Church Stretton, I think, so, which may have made a bit of a difference, but yeah. Um, the only it, other team we haven't mentioned for that division is uh, Beacon B, the yeah. newbies. We've um, started okay. I mean, haven't, haven't had a win yet, but they got Obi out quite cheaply, didn't they? Yeah, lost to us. Um, we played with one of the new balls, actually. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, we've been used to playing with or- like luminous orange and luminous yellow balls. Uh, but this season we've gone to red balls, which 
slightly harder to see. Well, when I say slightly, I think they're quite hard to see. Don't you think, Joss? What are your opinions on the um, red balls? Um, I have no ten difference really. I'm still rubbish, yeah, still can't score any runs. We played with a new one, and it was swinging about all over the place. You know, it was you had Adam Phillips from one end who was swinging the ball miles out away from you. And then from what I was told, because I didn't face him, Charlie Higgin was swinging it in. And then, yeah, Alan Yap was also doing a bit with it. And Adam Witchett was bowling his customary wides and wickets. Um, but this time without the wickets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only joking, Ad. You know we love you. Um, but no, yeah. But you did get out to the landlord of the beacon, didn't you? Harry? I did, I did, so I did. Probably, probably lovely. Pint. You must get a free pint there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Alan, I will be in to collect it uh, <laughs> sometime soon. But yeah, lovely, lovely, nice little outswinger. Caught my outside edge. Um, but yeah, it, we just want to keep the league running and keep yeah. them going. And the youth is the way forwards. And yeah, be more than happy to get it done. And I know that Adam Phillips was looking at trying to set up a youth league. So if you are a junior and you are really interested, that is, yeah, let us know. And we'll try and put you forward. And yeah, I think that ends our indoor update, Joss. So that's it for another podcast and we look forward to doing another one soon where we'll be talking about all the new leagues and the update on the indoor standings and everything that's going on in all the other indoor leagues. Any other topics that you'd like us to debate or cover, do let us know and contact us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, all sorts. Or just speak to us in person, email, text, whatever, WhatsApp, whatever you want. But it's been another fantastic episode and we look forward to hopefully bringing out some more new stuff. We've been chatting about it on the way to WEM. Hopefully we're going to have some more new stuff coming for you. And yeah, please keep the feedback coming. And it's been fantastic, hasn't it, Joss? Brilliant, yeah. Um, echo what Hurley said, just keep keep the feedback coming, please. Mm. We, we, do, we do appreciate it. Any we new signings would be nice. Yeah. Any new signings, any clubs that yeah. get a sealed deal, please message the group. Yeah. Please, so we so we know what's going on. It'd be great for great for us to know that. And also, we will be re- resurrecting the transfer rumours next week, won't we, Jamie? And, uh, <laughs> we had a good time at WEM today, didn't we? I have to say thank we you did. very much once again to the WEM Boys and girls who well understand there, and thank you very much. Made to us feel very welcome. Ben Peel and Harry Chandler for a fantastic interview, and yes, that all that leaves me to say is uh, thank you, Jamie. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Joseph. I can't see a handshake. Yeah, but I like <laughs> doing it anyway. And uh, thank you guys for listening and supporting, and please share, like, and. Let's help grow this community and, like we said, keep giving us the feedback and we'll see you in the next episode. We want records, don't we? Record, we break, break records. Yeah, let's break those records. <laughs>
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 